the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, welcome to Branson. I told you it's going to be here. We are set up in the lobby of Sight and Sound. I've talked about their productions many, many times. I thought last year's production of Moses was really, really good. I came and saw the Christmas performance. That was really, really good. But from all the indications that I'm hearing from the cast and the crew and the management of uh, Sight and Sound, Samson's going to blow them all away. That's exactly the kind of feeling I get. I'll be here to see it tonight. Tonight's the opening night of Samson uh, playing here at Sight and Sound. Now through, am I right, uh, Katie, till December? Yes, all the way through December. All right, let me turn your mic up a little bit more here so I can hear you well. All right, you tell me, Russ, if we get a little too quiet for her. She's got a light voice. You check out the picture. We do. I just sent it to Russ. We'll put it put it up on the Facebook Live so you can take a look at who we're talking to. Katie uh, Miller is the corporate communications manager, which translates to what? <laughs> I get the opportunity to do things like this and work with public relations, also our social media, and do a lot of communicating to our internal employees. We have 650 employees between our two locations, so a lot of people to be talking to. Okay, so you, you do all the internal information and even external information. Yes, then. partnered with a really great team that works alongside me. That's really good because when I was in the Air Force, I did uh, all the internal information for the Air Force, and... Uh, external though was a totally, totally different, different team mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's kind of strange to hear somebody say i do both of them that, yeah. that's a big job <laughs> it's a fun job and you know for us it's just we want to bring we just want to have consistency between both so you know we are who we are and um no matter if we're talking to external guests or those coming through our doors our internal employees we want it to all be the same so uh, here's what's exciting about katie katie has been a part of sight and sound since, am since I right? I, I heard since you were two years yeah, old, you got on stage? Since I was two years old was the first time I was on stage. Wow. Yes. <laughs> yes. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I'm the oldest of the third generation of the Eshelman family. My grandparents founded Sight and Sound. So um, it is still a family business, and um, and it's been a part of my life since the very beginning. That That is an incredible story in and of itself. I'm going to have you talk about why your father did what he did, mm-hmm. because he took... You've heard the old saying about if you get lemons, you make it into lemonade. Mm -hmm. And that kind of happened to him. Yeah. But I like to look at it no matter what happens in your life, if God has a plan for you, he'll make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. And it is definitely a story of um, triumph out of tragedy for certain. (laughs) Okay, well, explain to my listeners how, how this all happened because. You know, people walk in here, and this is a fantastic facility you have here. Yeah. This is multi-million dollar facility, is yeah. it not? Yes, it is. Yeah, I thought I thought so. <laughs> this makes a lot of the of, of Broadway 
look small in comparison, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, we have the opportunity of not having the same space constraints that New York City does right. uh, in both of our locations. So um, we're originated out of Lancaster, Pennsylvania. We have sprawling farmland. And now here in Branson, we have the Ozark Mountains. So we have room to have big space, which is um, a gift to us. But um, my grandfather grew up as a dairy farmer and through um, a set of tragic circumstances, lost his mother um, in his late teen years and... Um, and his father had to sell the family farm. So my grandfather found himself as a young newlywed um, without a vocation. And he had always been creative. He always had um, desired to use that creativity, but he always kind of thought it would be a side thing, not necessarily his primary way of providing for his family. And so coming out of the necessity of needing to find a vocation, um, he started using his gift of painting um, and photography to to capture the farms throughout the area, started taking wedding photos and just doing different things and really learning how to use the creativity that was inside of him. And his church one summer asked him to put on a multimedia presentation, a slideshow basically, of some of the scenic photography he had taken. And so he did that after one night. And after that first opening night, um, the the request to continue doing it started flooding in. And so they were traveling the nation um, doing these multimedia productions in schools and hospitals and churches and all, just all different ministries. And after having two daughters, decided that traveling was getting a little too cumbersome. Right. And so they... Um they ended up purchasing a small plot of land and building our original theater, which had 600 seats in it. And to do the Okay, let me just say, 600 yeah. seats. How many seats now? 2,000 in both locations. <laughs> I so, told you it's an incredible story. Yeah. So um, throughout the years, they just started to add different elements um, to the multimedia. We added actors and dancers and singers and eventually um, started to be a little bit more story-driven in what we were doing instead of the um, more of review style. Uh, we eventually added live animals, which is still a really big part of what we do now. And throughout the last 40 years, um, have grown into having these two locations in Branson and Lancaster. Okay, so what was the first biblical story yeah. that was brought to the stage? The very first uh, full-length biblical story was um, called Behold the Lamb, which was a story on the death and life of Christ. Well, you got so, some great pictures that hang on the walls around yeah, here that yeah. look fantastic. So that was the very first um the very first biblical show, but the one that really, even during that time, we were still doing um, different review style shows and things like that. So the show that really kicked off and put, um, really helped, I think, solidify the direction that Sight and Sound has taken was in the 1995, we premiered Noah. And that was the first epic sized, full length, big Bible story that we did. And it was just met with overwhelmingly huge reviews and uh, we couldn't sell tickets fast enough. We sold out that first year. I think we sold out the second year. And um, we kind of just said, oh, this is what this is the thing that we really feel called to do. Mm-hmm. This is what makes sense for us. You know, nowhere else was doing Bible stories of that size. No. And it just, um, it kind of just clicked. And so after that, we kind of fully went to doing biblical shows. Okay, so tell me some stories about people who approached your father and said, this is kind of fool's gold. <laughs> this is kind of crazy. Yeah. But he listened to God and he continued on. Yeah. He's an exceptionally driven, high energy person. I don't know that I know anyone else who wakes up earlier and just hits the ground running more than him. Um, and yeah, I mean, definitely throughout the years, there were many, many times that 
there was a lot of doubts. I mean, we were in the middle of cornfields in Lancaster County. Lancaster County is known for Amish country. And I've been trying there. to put, yeah, state-of-the-art theater smack in the middle of Amish country. And our history is not without its own set of tragedies. In 1997, um, we actually had a fire that burnt our theater completely to the ground. Oh, my Lord. Uh, we lost everything. Uh, insurance wasn't coming through. They were uh, citing all sorts of different reasons why they didn't need to pay. It didn't look like we were going to be able to come back. And um, my grandfather was able to connect with some different businessmen in Lancaster and say, I just need some people to help us do this, to help believe that we can do this. And so they went on our behalf and put a bank group together to bring some financing so that we could rebuild. And we rebuilt the theater that we have now, which was almost twice the size of what we had had. We had had another theater at that point in time that was 1,400 seats. So we went from 600-seat theater to a 1,400-seat theater and then built the existing theater in Lancaster today, which is just over 2,000 seats. And, um, and yeah, so there have been many times throughout the years that we kind of thought, okay, this might be it. This might not actually work. But the Lord has, um, you know, he has a plan. And we often say, especially as a family, remind ourselves very regularly that sight and sound and, you know, it doesn't belong to us. It really is the Lord's. We're here to steward mm-hmm. it for as long as we, um, he has called us to do so. But it's his. We can't take credit for these stories. We tell they're his stories. They're not right, our stories. Right. You know, we have great material to pull from in the Bible. It's the most timeless, you know, stories of all time. But they're not ours. We just have the privilege to tell them. It's it's really an incredible story about your your grandfather and your father who continued it on, and you now who are in this. And I understand you have three children. Yes. And so you, they're the fourth generation. They're the fourth generation that's coming to this. Yep. And, and I just think about that. It. You know what you remind me? Of? You remind me of the von Trapp family. <laughs> yeah. I mean seriously. Yeah. yeah. I mean they they fled. You know, uh, you know, Nazi-occupied territory came to the United States and built mm-hmm. a musical place out in the middle of nowhere. nowhere. <laughs> yeah, in Vermont, of all places. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's just done so well. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. And, I mean, we, we laugh sometimes at, you know, we often say... You know, in scripture, it talks about God using foolish things to accomplish his purposes, because I don't know that any of us necessarily feel um, equipped to be doing what we're doing. I kind of sit here sometimes looking around, scratching my head, going, how did we get here? I'm not quite sure what just happened. Mm -hmm. Um, But the Lord is so gracious. And, you know, I think so often he's looking for those that are willing. That's what he that's what he looks for. And we as a family try um, to be very. Um, hold it loosely and re- recognize that it's not ours. It really is his. Well, and, and people who are humble, and it's very obvious talking to the various people here that work for you. You've got a lot of humble people yeah, we that, do. That, that work here. Yeah. And uh, that's the way God works because he wants to work through people that everybody says, this never happened, mm-hmm. but yet it did. So everybody knows Yeah. it's got God's fingerprints all over it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so much... Um, about the whole story that we just we couldn't have orchestrated if we wanted to we just couldn't and um, I think even for my grandfather it's so surreal for him he'll be here tonight he's excited to come celebrate the old is he now uh, 77 I think oh, 76 still, or 77 still a young guy yeah he's still a spring chicken now, but now. <laughs> well, that's a key yeah. now now yeah. 77 people look at you got another 10 12 years yeah old. absolutely yeah no but he you know he says it too he said could you ever imagine I just never thought I'd see the day um, and I just think for us too like Branson has become our home away from home you know when we this is our 10th year to be celebrating being in the Branson community and it's just um it's it, it is truly our home away from home yeah that you know how long now has sight and sound been in Pennsylvania we're in our 42nd year wow. 
Yeah. Okay, so, so now you've been in Branson 10 years, mm-hmm. and I was talking to Matt today. Yeah, and you talked to him a little bit later. He's coming yeah, on he's coming you. on. Yep. He's going to be coming on. And one of the questions I asked him was, you got a place here in the, from the east in Pennsylvania. you got a new place now that's here kind of in the south Midwest. Mm-hmm. I said, where's your next place? I said, Matt, you know you got to go west. <laughs> You got to go, go west. west, young man. <laughs> you know, and he looked at me. He said, "Well, what do you think?" And I said, "I think you should go to Vegas. Yeah. I, I think the there's a place the fields yeah. are ripe. I'm yeah. just telling you, yeah, because there's more. And we'll talk about this. There's more to this than just running a successful business. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk to you about that. That's really important that we get that story out. So we'll be back with uh, our guest, the communications director, the corporate. Let me not make a mistake here. The corporate communications director, and that's Katie Miller. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 18 minutes after 2. It's Friday. It's fun Friday on the show. We'll come back. You'll hear more of this incredible story on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, so if you just joined the show today, we're in Branson. I uh, told you I was going to be here this Friday to uh, talk about the opening of their new production at Sight & Sound, uh, Samson. And I know a lot of you like to come to these uh, stories of faith. I'm hearing that this one is exceptional. I met Samson today. Let me give you a little insight. They they pick a Samson that's in really good physical shape, but he doesn't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He doesn't look like Daryl Johnson. He's, he's kind of a normal guy. Got a little bit of mus- muscular mass on him, but not a lot, because if you read Scripture really quick, uh, closely, uh, it says that his strength came supernaturally. And so they wanted to make sure that that part of the story was reflected on stage, correct? Yeah, absolutely. We didn't want, you know, the Bible says that he was, to your point, they were surprised by his strength. They asked where his strength came from. If he was the biggest person around, you know, if he was a Goliath walking around, they Uh wouldn't have been asking that question. Some of the miraculousness came out of him being, um, looking most likely more like an everyday guy than I think we often picture him. I I agree with that. Yeah. Because that's the way God works. Right. That's the way God works. You know, just the way he does. I think he's got a great sense of humor. Yeah. I really, I really do. All right. So I want to go back to your grandfather Uh just for a moment. Does he still work kind of in a day-to-day relationship with Sight and Sound? He does not as much anymore in these years of his life. Um, He still is very, very busy. He still is an artist. He still paints. He still does photography, and he does a lot of different things with those. Um, But when it comes to the the day-to-day involvement at Sight and Sound, it's not where his focus is anymore. Okay, you tell him that Dave Ellswick said he needs to do... An art exhibit here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that people can see his, his great artwork. talent sure. for artwork. All right. I will pass the information along. Yeah, I, I think promise. that would be very, very <laughs> cool. I think people would really, really like yeah. that. So Russ was jumping in and asking some questions during the break. I won't get to the to the real important one. I just want to get to the whole thing of you have two locations. Yeah. So you move these shows around. Mm-hmm. We were told today... A lot of these sets that you move takes up to five, you know, 18-wheelers yeah. to get them where they're going. Yeah. So um, Lancaster is our 
um, original location. It's our home base location. It's also where our production teams hub out of. So all of our brand new shows are produced at our facility in Lancaster. Um, because that's where they're produced, that's also where we premiere them for the very first time so we can work out the kinks and work out the bugs as we need to with our production teams. Um, and then after they premiere in Lancaster, we pack them up and we actually, it actually typically takes 50 trucks to move the shows from one location to the other. So Samson um, originally premiered in Lancaster in 2016, and when it uh, ended right at the end of 16, we spent all of 2017 breaking it down, putting it on tractor trailers, shipping it out to Branson, and our awesome teams here in Branson reassemble it and touch up the paint and floof all the fabrics and um, you know, re-alter all of the costumes to fit our cast here in Branson and get the show ready to set stage. And now tonight we're premiering Samson here in Branson, and we cannot wait to bring the show to the Midwest. Yeah, this is a red carpet event. Uh, the actors and actresses will be out here, and they'll be taking pictures in front of the banner that says Samson mm-hmm. on it and everything. It's going to be a, a, an interesting and very fun evening. Well, I'm down to uh, just about 90 seconds, so i got to kind of wrap this up. I could talk to you for an hour. <laughs> got, you got more go. people to talk to. So well, I do. I, okay, they're I'm looking forward too. to talking to Dean. Because <laughs> I, he probably thought it was a little standoffish, but I try not to interview people before I get them on the mm-hmm. air because it, it kills the spontaneity sure. of the interview. So I tried to stay away from asking him anything <laughs> about the show, and he was trying to wonder what was wrong with me. That, that's because I'm not a print journalist. That we, of course, do the radio side of all of this. Sure. So where do you see yourself, you know, 10 or 12 or 15 years down the road, still working with Sight and Sound? Or I hope so. B- building with them out in Vegas? <laughs> You're going to start rumors now, Dave. Um, you know, we don't know. I hope to still be a part of Sight and Sound. And right now, like, we're not entirely sure what our future looks like. Last year, for the very first time, we took um, um, we took a filmed version of one of our shows, Jonah, into 625 movie theaters wow. across the nation for the very first time. And that was a really exciting um, experience that we had. So we're very excited to see um, what that looks like in the future. We don't have any announcements right now, but we're hoping to be able to have that experience again and, and see where the Lord take sight and sound in the years to come i'll I'll be looking forward to seeing it but i'll always come here where i can see it live yeah there's nothing that replaces live there just isn't all right appreciate it (laughs) got to get todd starnes we've been talking to katie miller the corporate communications manager more coming up back at uh, sight and sound in branson we're here for the entire day the whole show will be that because they're opening up their brand new production a lot of you've already been to a sight and sound uh production uh, I was here last year to catch uh, uh, Moses and then uh, came during Christmas time for the story of Christmas, which, by the way, absolutely great, wonderful. All the all the animals were there. The three kings were there. It was it's really a, a quite a uh, quite a, a view. Now, if you didn't see it last year, you won't get to see it this year because this is a. Uh, an opening year for a brand new production and they take that time up they give you the opportunity to see the new show which this year is samson i'm telling you i've already met samson he'll join us here during the show we'll talk to him about everything that's going on but right now i'd like you to meet some of the people that make this place run like a very well-oiled organization. In fact, a well-organization it is, well-oiled. Brian, or Dean Sell is with us. He's the brand uh, director of Sight & Sound Theaters. Remember that Sight & Sound is not just 
Branson, Missouri. It's also up in uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, up in Amish territory. Uh, a couple, a few years back, you remember we took one of our Patriot tours with the Dave Ellswick Show, went to Washington, D.C., and when we came back, we came through Lancaster, came through Hershey, Pennsylvania, and just had a really great time in that area. And a lot of you would like to go back, and maybe we will do that soon, uh, just to Amish uh, areas because they're such a unique people and they got such a unique brand of community. I was I was talking today uh, with Matt, who is the CEO, and you'll get to hear from him a little later on in the program. But he's lived there for quite a few years and said that if somebody gets sick in their community, the community takes care of that person. Because from what I understand, I don't know if you've been there long enough to, to talk about this, but they don't buy health insurance. Yeah, that's right. Hey, Dave, good to be with you. Um, oh, by the way, I just want to let you know, I wasn't ignoring you at breakfast there. <laughs> I just don't talk about the show or what I want to talk about with my guests because I don't want to break up the spontaneity. So I didn't want you to think I was giving you the cold shoulder about the show. Well, thanks. I hadn't eaten my breakfast yet, yeah. so uh, I wasn't ready to talk either. Okay, well, that's good. <laughs> that works then. All right, so, so tell my listeners what exactly it means when you're the brand Director. Yeah, well, you said it. We do have two locations. And, you know, one of the, the great tenets of any great brand is that it's consistent. Uh, people understand what it feels like, what it looks like. And so my responsibility is to help bridge the gap between Lancaster, between Branson, uh, between our efforts in advertising and marketing and taking our shows into movie theaters and just ensure that the unique thing that is Sight & Sound is recognizable and that people can instantaneously know Without a doubt, that's sight and sound. Okay, so tell me, this move that you've made into the theaters, how has that been received thus far? Yeah, well, we did it just for the first time last year. 2017, we took Jonah uh, to the movie theaters, and we got a phenomenal response from our audience. Not just our audience that already existed, but people that were in Oregon or California or Texas or Honolulu, Honolulu Hawaii or Anchorage, Alaska, that said, thank you so much for bringing this experience to us because there's no way that we could have gotten to Branson, Missouri or Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Okay, so when you do what you're going to present on the big screen, do you you bring the cam- the cameras in? I'm sure. Yeah. I would think the, the the camera shots and stuff become much more personable. Yeah, it really is a different experience. It's it's, it's got to be. I it's mean, the same, but it's different. You yeah, know, uh, is a Hollywood saying. Same but different. Uh, so what we try to do is make sure that when you're sitting in the movie theater and you're watching it on a screen, that it feels like you're there, mm-hmm. that you're sitting live in the audience. Uh, we film the shows over the course of three days. Uh, we film about seven different performances. Wow. We adjust camera positions to make sure that we're capturing uh, everything the best that we possibly can. But as much as we want it to feel like you're sitting in the theater, the other part of it, uh, which is different, is that you get to get up close and personal with the actors. And I'm not just talking about the people. I'm talking about the animals as well, right? Right, right. That uh, you get to sit in different positions throughout the actual theater because of where the cameras move. And so it's something that's unique. You know, when you're seeing it live, you're sitting in a fixed position and you watch the whole show from that same seat. When you're watching it on screen, you get to move around and you get to get up on stage with the actors right in the middle of the action. So it's much more immersive. 
immersing for the yeah, people. Yeah, uh, you know, they're two different things. I mean, one, you know, when it's live, um, it, you never know what's going to happen. You know, yeah. real people, real animals, things moving in real time, and you're up close and personal in a different kind of way. Uh, when you're watching it on the screen, it's a different kind of experience. So you're up on stage, you're closer to it, but um, obviously it's not live. So both really fantastic um, two different experiences. All right. So when you're talking about brands, mm-hmm. let's talk about some, you say a word and people think about it. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. I mean, if you say hamburger, I think everybody still thinks McDonald's. Sure. When you say, in fact, there's certain parts of the country you go to, you say, give me a Coke. Mm-hmm. You don't say, give me a, a soda or That's whatever. Right. It's right. known by that. Give me a Coke. When you say sight and sound, to somebody, what do you want them to think? Bible stories. That's the first thing we hope that comes to their mind. You know, there are many, many different ways that people can engage with the Bible and its stories. You can read them yourself, you know, at home, open your Bible, and we hope that people are doing that. You can go to church and hear them being preached from the pulpit. Uh, you can watch movies. Um, and so really a, a great brand is really just uh, a unique version of a generic product. And you said it, right? If I were to say to you, Levi's, you oh, would yeah. say... I've got a pair on. Jeans, right? (laughs) I just bought a pair yesterday. Right. Kleenex tissues, Harley-Davidson motorcycles. Mm -hmm. And uh, for us, we hope that, you know, sight and sound, Bible stories. That's very cool. That's that's very good. So you work with a lot of different people. I'd like you to tell my listeners a little bit how big your team is that you bring in. They might not be specifically something that works with brands, but... They all do it the same way, so yeah. you develop a brand. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I, I like to think about um, a brand um, because it's kind of an abstract concept. Uh, I like to think about it as a big band, right? And just to think about what the role is of a conductor, somebody that is conducting a big orchestra. And uh, there are many different kinds of instruments in the orchestra. And, uh, you know, the conductor's responsibility is to make sure that everybody is playing together. So the kinds of people and teams that I get to work with, we have a team of the whole company is 650. Right. And so, uh, you know, we're working with advertising. We're working with those that develop the shows. Uh, we're working with those that are setting our ticket reservation policies, you know, exciting things like that. Um, and all of these things have to work together uh, in order to make up uh, what the sight and sound experience is. All right, so you get all these people together, and again, you're, you're talking kind of a you know a, a term that has some pretty loose edges to it, but they all have to understand that every piece that they do is a part of that overall concept. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think, you know, that's the that's the most difficult part, you know. Um, the Bible says we all only see in part. Mm-hmm. And so uh, for us as an organization, uh, I'm only seeing in part as well, you know. Um, just like a conductor uh, is standing up on a little bit higher platform and he's hearing all the instruments, but uh, it wouldn't be a fantastic orchestra if he wasn't listening to what his uh, trumpet player had to say, you know, or what the string section had to say. If they were say, hey, conductor, I know that the sheet music says this, but if I play it like this, it's going to feel, you know, a little different and better. He's mm-hmm. like, you know what? That's a great idea. Let's do it like that. Yeah. And so it very much is... Um, 
a collaborative effort, you know. Uh, but we're doing all that through uh, the standards that have been set, you know, for what makes something uniquely sight and sound. All right. We'll be back. We'll talk further uh, with uh, Dean Sell. He's the brand director here at Sight and Sound Theaters and Sight and Sound in uh, Pennsylvania as well. We'll get back with more of our conversation with him when we come back on the Dave Ellswick Show. About a quarter till three on a Friday afternoon, I'm Dave Ellswick. Stick around. All right, back with you here at Sight and Sound in Branson. We're doing the show from Branson today on our Fun Friday broadcast because there's a brand new show opening tonight at Sight and Sound, and that will be Samson. And it looks absolutely fantastic. Let, let me give a little story I heard today. Shane, I believe, is uh, kind of their uh, master builder and director back there that does the sets uh, for Sight and Sound here at, in, in Branson. They have a huge facility in the back where they store past sets and construct new sets or uh, perhaps put sets together that come from Pennsylvania because they moved the story that was told in Pennsylvania over the last two years, and now it's coming to Branson. The exact size of that facility is the exact size of Noah's Ark, which I th- I thought this story was really incredible because they were building it somebody realized they were very close to the size of the of the ark and they added an additional 15 feet to this to this so that the 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 size would be exactly the size of noah's ark and we did that just so you could tell that story 10 years later on the show (laughs) (laughs) i'm just telling you it was it was impressive when i heard it and said that the people you know the people who are part of sight and sound are jesus followers i mean let's be honest they tell the stories of christ and 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 real remember what i've always said to you when we do the bible guys and stuff on on my show that the whole bible is nothing about one continuous story about jesus christ and it's just uh, fun to hear that because these people believe in Christ. They want to communicate Christ. And everybody I have met here exudes the Spirit. It's really a special place. Yeah, well, that is our mission. You know, it says it uh, right there in plain English to present the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we are called to do and to dramatize the scriptures. And so uh, it's so fun to work at a place where people believe uh, with their whole hearts that they were designed and created for a purpose. They've been given special, special talents. And that God has helped them find a place where they can use those talents Mm -hmm. to honor and glorify him and to work together with other people in collaboration in order to help him be known. You know, that's really what it's about. We all believe that. We're sold out for it. And it is uh, an amazing place to be a part of. So how did you end up here, Dean? I mean, uh, I've read your resume. You could have gone to work in just about any place you would want to. Yeah. But you wanted to work with Sight and Sound. Well, um, I was a rock and roll guy and uh, grew up in the church but didn't like it and wanted to go to California and be in the music business and uh, went to school in Orlando, Florida at Full Sail University and came out. And Great was, place, by the way. Yeah, I tried to get place. my two sons into it, but when I took them to visit and they saw how tough it was, 
they decided they didn't want to be animators yeah. anymore. <laughs> it is very tough. It's not a it's not a typical school. Uh, you can't work uh, while you're in school because you're in class 40 hours a week mm-hmm. and class schedules. The schools run 24 hours a day, and so you could have a, a lab at one o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning, nine o'clock at night. Just the way the industry runs. That's right. Yeah, it's it's done that way by design. And so, uh, anyway, coming out of school, um, you know, I just was drifting for a while and uh, found myself at a small studio, discovered that I loved to uh, work on productions for advertising agencies and made my way over to the advertising agency side of things. And uh, it wasn't until 2006 where God really turned my life around and uh, helped me realize really, truly who he is and what I was called to do. And so in 2011, when I got a phone call from Sight and Sound and the invitation to come on board and lead the in-house creative team at the time, um, I felt like that's exactly where God wanted me to be. And I could have never dreamed or imagined that uh, seven years later I'd be doing what I am here at Sight and Sound. But it's been uh, the most fulfilling work that I could have ever dreamed of. All right, so you you said that you had been part of the church, but you didn't typically like the church. And you left the church, it sounds like to me, and then you came back. Now, was that through, uh, had you already made a a typical claim of salvation? Or was it later in your life that you said, you know, I went to church, but I really didn't understand who the head of the church was? Yeah. No, I, I did not give my life to Christ until I was 26. And um, it was because I was pursuing things that were bringing me pleasure, things that I wanted to do. You know, uh, I was living, trying to live the rock and roll dream. And what I didn't understand is I was drawn to creativity. I was drawn to music and film and TV. And I didn't find anything that was in the church that was as captivating as what Hollywood was producing. Well, you just didn't know sight and sound at that point. <laughs> but the, the bottom line is that the church. Francis Schaeffer would have told us that the church turned its back on the arts yeah. through, you know, pietism yeah. during that time. And uh, it's to the church church's fault yeah. that we're not doing more of what you all are yeah. doing. Yeah. I read his book, How Should We Then Live? That's right. right. Yeah. Absolutely. And that was part of the one of the books that I've read in really coming to Christ and understanding truly um, what he designed the arts to be. And... Um, and so I started meeting people and getting connected and finding people that were highly creative and yet Christ followers sold out. Uh, and um, it was also through the meeting of a girl. Girls tend to change our lives, right? <laughs> All right. <laughs> so Lindsay, my wife, who I love dearly, um, uh, had been um, a, an instrumental part in really helping me understand, you know, really what life was about. And so, no, it wasn't until 2006 that um, I decided, you know what, um, pursuing my dream uh, is not what I want my life to be about. What I want my life to be about is pursuing God's dream for me. All right. So you work in a, a, a business in sight, with sight and sound that does something that I, am, I, I, I really admire. People start somewhere in this organization, and the sky's the limit within the organization. I mean, I talked to Matt. Yeah. Matt used to move scenery around on stage, and now he's the CEO. That's right. It's an incredible story. That's right. And there are many, many stories like that. Yeah, and mine is one of them. You know, uh, when I first came on board at Sight and Sound, I was uh, managing our, our art department, and um, there was a a woman who was leading me at the time uh, that was responsible for a big area of the business, and she looked at me one day and said, um, how would you feel about taking over our marketing efforts as a 
as uh, leading our, our branding team, and I thought, what? That doesn't make any sense. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was always on the production side, you know, uh, really, really loved the creative production side. And, and she saw something in me, you know, that I didn't see. And um, here we are four years later, and uh, it's the best decision that uh, she ever made for me. So do you think that she, did, did, did she see it or did the Holy Spirit see it and then allowed her to see it? Yeah, well, I believe that she, uh, as somebody that was living a life surrendered, to the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. um, was able to see things uh, that she wouldn't have been able to see on her own. Fantastic. Yeah, it looks like you're really enjoying uh, what you're doing. You, you're doing something that's seriously important. Yeah. Because when I get to Matt, I'll ask him the question that I asked him earlier today, and that is you're, you're in the east side of the United States. You're in the central United States, so when are you going west, young man? Go west. And he said, well, where do you think, Dave? And I said, I think you should go to Vegas. <laughs> Why think- not go into the belly of the beast? Yeah, yeah. Do you think they'd have us? I think uh, whether they have you or not, that's up to God. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, it is uh, really exciting to think about Sight and Sound's future. You know, um, part of what took us into movie theaters uh, a year ago was the realization that we've got two ginormous brick-and-mortar theaters, uh, but we can only fit so many people That's in those right. doors. And so once they're full, what do we do? Because we don't believe that our mission is complete. We believe that there is more. You know, how do we take these stories, this experience, this unique telling of God's word to more people. Not everybody can make it to Lancaster or Branson. And so we're really excited. Not everybody can come to Branson. (laughs) We'd love them to. We would like everybody to come all at once. Uh, But unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. All right, Dean, thanks so much. Dean Sell is the brand director at Sight and Sound Theaters. We appreciate your time. Dave, thank you so much for having us. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. We'll be back in a few moments. Let's get to Fox News. Uh, I'm sure they'll be reporting on... uh, Uh, Pastor uh, Billy Graham's uh, funeral today, and then we'll get back to more here from Sight and Sound in Branson on the Friday edition of the Dave Ellswick Show. Back with you uh, at Branson, Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, Fun Friday today, and how much more fun can you you have than come to Sight and Sound here in Branson when they got a brand new show opening tonight, and that show is Samson, which has all the... uh, intrigue and action that you could ever ask for uh, from a story from the Bible. And so Cynthia Carson's going to join us here for about half hour. We're going to talk with her. She's the vice president of Branson Operations. And, and, and this is a, she was telling the story to me over lunch. And it's really an interesting story how you ended up here. So I'll just turn it over to you and you tell us how you ended up at Sight and Sound, because you've been here now, what, 10 years, right? I have. Since it started. Yes, yes. Well, Dave, it's such an honor to be with you. Thank you for having me. Well. But, yeah, Sight and Sound um, Theaters here is just a blessing to us here in the Branson area. And um, when early, a year before we opened, so in 2007, I actually had two boys, two of my sons that were hired by Sight and Sound to actually build the sets. They're very artistic right. and very talented men. Um, and so they got to do something that God had given them, this God-gifted gifting. And um, I was actually working for a bank at the time, a wonderful bank. Um, and uh, they, my boys said, no, Mom, you need to be at the theater. And I'm like, no, I, no, I, I don't think I want to go back into 
theater life. And, oh, and had you already done the theater before? I had. I had been in, in theater for many, many years. Um, actually had the pleasure of helping lead and manage the uh, Yakov Shmirnov's Theater. Oh, cool. Um, Tony Orlando, Wayne Newton's Theaters. The IMAX complex here in Branson, also. Oh wow! So a lot of theater operation background. Well, that's um, a good experience. It was, and I knew God had given me those skills and talents to, to you know, do that kind of work. Operations was my passion, and but I was loving being at the bank and working there. I, I had the best job at the bank. I was marketing and advertising director, so I got to go out and spread good joy and cheer (laughs) for the bank. Um, But the boys kept saying, Mom, you need to be here. They actually turned in my resume. So... Well, uh, go back and repeat that again. They turned in your resume? My boys turned in my resume for me. Yeah. Did they, you know that they had done I it? didn't at first. <laughs> they had already had several co- uh, conversations with the man who was um, our GM at the time. And um, so it was just a blessing, you know, when I did um, start talking about it and looking into what was going on and, and uh, felt really that, you know, my skills that I have. And that I love people, I love serving people, and I love leading teams and helping develop teams of people. So it was a perfect fit. Well, explain to my listeners, I mean, you talk about operations. What does that all entail? Yes. So here um, at the theater, we have about 250 employees. And we have it, we break it up into several teams. So I like to call it our guest services team is led by a gentleman called uh, Mike Porter, who actually we say that's from everybody from the stage to the streets. Okay. And so operationally, we have the box office, the contact center, the um, all the guest services teams in the front house, concessions, retail, and then um, ushers, traffic folks. So that's all operationally that way. You have to orchestrate a lot of different things to make sure if things are well run for our guests. Mm -hmm. And then also then we have everything from behind the stage to, you know, on the stage behind is our show operations, show run side of it. So there's about 100 people in each side, basically. It's pretty incredible. I came over earlier today with the rest of the people that were on the press junket for the opening of Samson. And you gave us a very nice tour of the whole facility. It's an amazing facility. Did I hear correctly today that the stage is 26,000 square feet? You sure did, Dave. That is one of the largest stages that we know of. So on the main stage, you have 22,000 square feet on the main stage. Uh And then there's these side stages that come up to the left and to the right of you that are each 2,000 square feet. So that you can surround the audience. That is correct. So our greatest desire is that you, as the patron, the guest, will feel immersed into the show. So you have the stage wrapping around. You have animals and actors and everybody coming down the aisles. And you're right in the middle of it. I mean, when that temple collapses in Samson, you're going to feel like I truly am in the middle of this. It's, I'm looking forward to the show tonight. It's, it's a great story of redemption. It's a great story of you think you've screwed everything up and God can't use you anymore. And yet... He can use you. It's through our weakness. God uses us to his greatest glory anyway. And it's just, uh, it's, it, it, 
lends itself to what you all do. That is so true. So true. And it's just amazing. I mean, we have some incredibly talented actors. Um, they are our cast. They come from all over the United States. We audition nationwide and they come here because they want to do, you know, what we do and put these shows on in a very powerful, very live way. Well, what's interesting, and I, I'll get to talk to the gentleman who's playing Samson. I understand yes. he's the person who played Samson in Pennsylvania as well. So he's he knows the show really well. But I'd like to talk to him just as a performer because there's a lot of God-fearing people out there that don't want to act in stage productions a lot of times now because what they're what they're called to do, mm-hmm. you know. And right. you know, are those the type of people that find you? We do have are the folks that find us are definitely like minded. So what that is is our desire is to bring the Bible to life, right? And that's what they want to do too. So they have to believe in that. They have to live it. Also, it's really hard if you don't want to do that, then why would you want to be here (laughs) doing what we do? So is it hard to find um, cast members that way? Yes. You know, but I believe that um, people are drawn to us because of the excellence. The the type of productions we put on are high quality. Uh, The attention to detail, the the whole storyline is just magnificent. Mm -hmm. Our writers are in-house writers. And um, they just truly um, study study so many things, you know, not just the Word of God, because that's the best script we can get, right? Right, right. But they also look at history. They look at what's going on in the world at that time, and they bring it together yeah, to that's, make it that's real. really important. I, I was mentioning that uh, earlier in our other interviews, is that a lot of people, when they read the Scriptures, they read it from a, a Western philosophy. Right. The Bible is not a Western philosophy book. It is a Eastern philosophy book. And that culture is totally different from our uh, our culture that we're used to. And because we don't have our connection to Hebraic roots at times, uh, some of the things that we think mean certain things in the Bible, we're like way, way off mm-hmm. from them. We can be. I yes. mean, a really, a really interesting story is talking about John the Baptist because it talks about, you know, he came from out in the wilderness and he ate, you know, honey and he, he was eating locusts. Well, you say locusts, somebody in the United States, they're thinking grasshopper. You know, he's eating honey and grasshoppers. Doesn't sound very appetizing. It sounds pretty <laughs> weird. Until you study about Israel and find out that there's the locust tree which grows a fruit that tastes very much like chocolate. Now, I won't argue that maybe John the Baptist didn't have a sweet tooth, (laughs) but he wasn't eating bugs. But it's those type of Mm -hmm. idioms that we don't get a lot of times. And uh, you guys do get those things. Right. Because you do the background that's necessary to give an accurate portrayal of the story that you're telling. Correct. And that's our greatest desire is that we can creative, creatively portray the Bible stories. They're true and relevant for today. Oh, yeah. You know, and so that's what we want to do. And it's just, 
I mean, spectacular sets mm -hmm. and all these very special effects, high technology that we use. And not even to say, you know, like we have live animals in our show. So not only is the element of rehearsal for our our cast members, we have our four-legged cast members that share the stage, share um, rehearsal time, and they are very disciplined animals that we work with. Well, they brought out today, they brought a llama out, they brought out the horse, yes. they brought out a camel today. Right. And I was talking to one of the, the other people that were there, and I said, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the camel, and I, I said, now getting a real close-up look at a camel, <laughs> it, it gives me a better illustration of all they called James you know, camel knees because he, he's on <laughs> he his knees. Uh -huh. He got on his knees to uh -huh. pray all the time. And I, I just thought that was a really great opportunity to be able to pick up conceptually exactly what was going on. And that's what you do completely from from the part that the, the curtain goes up until the curtain comes down. You that's immerse right. your audience uh -huh. in what's happening right. at that time. Yes, that is correct. And and people walk away feeling like, you know, A, they had received an amazing production, oh, high yeah. quality. Yeah, and, at a very reasonable cost, might I say. And that is true. You know, and then so then they go, wow, that story really jumped out and became real to us, life. I love it. I, I look at different characters, and I can see myself in, in characters. Oh, yeah. All through the different, you know, stories that we've done and truly realize that, um it's it's like wow that's that's me oh my goodness is that the really the way I act so mm -hmm. it's it's cool because we we want to make it real all right mm -hmm. we're talking to Cynthia and Cynthia is of course the vice president of Branson operations Cynthia Carson we got to get a break in uh, pay some bills and then we'll come back here to Branson and the sight and sound theaters tonight is the unveiling the first presentation of their new uh, production. And, of course, that is Samson. More coming your way in a moment. Wow. Is it being on your show? All right. Well, I guess I'm back. Am I back, Russ? Is that what you're telling me since it's silent? Yes, sir. <laughs> I do this to him often. Oh, no. He drives him crazy. I was just regaling Cynthia with the story about Amy Grant. You've heard that story a million times from me, and it's not any fun for you to hear it. But she got a kick out of it, yes. all right, just so you'll know. All right, so, Cynthia, you're the person who's taking care of operations. How has uh, Sight and Sound changed? You've been here since the beginning. Yes. You know, how has it changed from the very beginning? Well... If you'd walk up to our building, I would say, Dave, right now, and you look at it, you would think we just opened a brand-new building. And why I say that is we have amazing crews that take care of this place as if it was the, the best thing that's ever been given to them. It's They treat it as if it's their own. And you would look everywhere and like, man, this is a new building. It's 10 years old. And so I'm excited to say you wouldn't see that kind of a change mm -hmm. because it is it's well taken care of. Okay. Um, staffing wise, I think that probably the thing is that we've been able to get to know each other, care about each other, love each other, support each other, learn each other's 
skill sets and abilities and function within that. So that's taken time to learn those relationships and how we can maximize each other's strengths. And I think that would be the biggest thing personnel-wise. But then again, our shows, they keep evolving to be better and better every year, if I could say it that way. Yeah, that makes sense. Yes, as we grow. You got more technology, I know that, more pyrotechnics when you need them on the stage. And I've been really amazed at the uh, talent of the vocalists that you have on on stage here. They're they're amazing. They really are. They really are. And a lot of these folks are, I mean, they have master's degree in music or theatrical performing arts. You know, so, I mean, we, we have very highly talented and skilled people who desire to come here and work. Yeah, and that goes back to what we talked about earlier in the show. And I'm, I'm just, I listen to the people that I've had the, the, the time to talk to. I talked to Samson for a little bit. I didn't want to talk too long because I didn't want to squirrel the interview that would be coming up here in, in a little while. But it, it seems to me that the people that are coming to you are listening to the spirit of their own lives and understanding this is the place they need to be. Right. I think you know, as we all, anybody, any of us want to be working somewhere where we feel valued we're able to use the skills that you know we've been we've cultivated we've learned we've grown we've god-given talents right and so that's what we really want to focus on here is how can i um help you grow to be the most successful you possibly can but yet some of that you know that it comes because they have to want that they want to come and work somewhere where they feel cared about and able to perform and do the best they can and they get to do that here yeah, and on top of that, they get to do it in, you know, like a, like you were saying, at a place they want to do it at. But it is a hard-working staff here. I mean, I learned today that to put Samson together, they had eight weeks. Right. That had to be right. some intensive, you know, getting out on stage and... And, and practicing all this. Absolutely. So it's very orchestrated. You know, even rehearsal time is very structured and scheduled, and we know when we have to do various things, choreography, you know, vocals, and they structure it all. And so everybody has to come prepared and willing to engage, willing to do their job that they've been called to do, whether it's somebody in our special effects department. They have to know that skill, that, ta- you know, that technology, and and they come engaged, ready to work. And right. it's a heart. Okay, so you're talking about a couple hundred people here. Yes. So I think 650 between the, both theaters. That's correct. So as far as sight and sound here in Branson is concerned, have you done any of the work, work at any time out in Pennsylvania? Have you gone out there to study their culture? Absolutely. I I think for me personally, I'm one of the, I like to, I I tease and I say I'm the spoiled rotten one because I have the pleasure of traveling back and forth consistently to Pennsylvania. And, but what is really cool is we have had so many of our staff members, um, they work in one location and then maybe a position opens up and they transfer here. And that happens in our cast. That happens in our deck 
you know, in, in various positions, we've had people back and forth. So that really helps us build, uh, build that bridge between that. Because we look at it as we're one team. Mm-hmm. We're not two separate locations overall. We're one team serving this same purpose, and that's to put on these shows to bring the Bible to life in both locations. Right. Um, but we have to rely on each other. So our show um, operations team, Samson was on stage back in Pennsylvania two years ago, right? Right. So they work hard about talking and collaborating with the team in Pennsylvania to say, how did that go for you? And we work together. And there's many of our um, teams, our design teams and various technical teams that will come out here that aren't housed here. They're housed in Pennsylvania. They'll come and they'll work here. Our director for the show, he doesn't live here all the time, but he comes and lives here with us during January, February, and now here part of March, um, as well as our lighting design you know, guy, associate designer. So there's various things that people give and sacrifice that they're away from their homes to come out here and help us put up shows. And likewise, at times, we have people that go back out there mm-hmm. and help work and do things. So they're, it's a team. Yeah, very interesting. And it's very obvious to me, and I've only been here for half a day, uh, to look around and, and see the respect and the, I think, the love amongst all these people for each other. Yes. The people that you work with, you get to know them by name. You get to know their lives, don't you? Absolutely. And that's that's how you know we desire the culture here in our um, places that we want people to feel loved and cared about in order to do that you have to have a relationship so we encourage people get out wander around get to know your fellow worker Mm -hmm. and we don't want to have um, siloed teams so they all work very much together Um, we have many meetings together we seek out um, people who have maybe a knowledge over in this department that can help me over here in this department maybe i just need to go ask you know can you tell me about that so it's really cool how they definitely work together well it's very interesting the culture that you've uh have worked at and have developed here at sight and sound our guest uh, cynthia carson vice president of uh branson operations we're out of time for her got more coming your way here on the dave ellswick show from branson missouri Back with you, Dave Ellswick Show, Sight and Sound, spending our day here today, Fun Friday, uh, talking about one of the more fun things you can do if you come to Branson. Make sure uh, you make a night, at least one night while you're here at Sight and Sound. They're opening up their brand-new production, Samson, this evening. I get to see it for the, the first time that anybody gets to see it, so I'm really excited about seeing it this evening. Uh, we're trying to give you a flavor of all the people uh, that make this uh, possible. Uh, coming up in, I believe, the very last hour, Samson's going to join us, and the director of Samson will join us, and that should be a lot of fun to talk with them about how you bring something, this this Bible story, which is, you know, the, the last really good Samson movie was made in 1949, as far as I'm concerned, with Victor Mature, you know, and and, uh, and he did a good job as Samson in that, in that movie. So um, it's going to be fun to watch it back on the stage. I talked with Matt last night, and I said, uh, I said, Matt, have you seen the new samson that they did on the big screen and he said yeah he had gone and and seen it and i said well 
I'll tell you what I was disappointed in in the movie, and I, I'm going to say I gave it a I gave it a C plus B minus is what I gave it, and it's pure flicks, and I I have a lot of respect for them and and what they've done. We got is not dead, and uh, they fight. They, they just got done rapping, shooting there in Little Rock for God is not dead three. I think they've start begun promoting it now, but uh, he uh, uh, I watched the movie and I said. I thought they gave an out to Samson and to Delilah. They made them much too nice of people. I just don't, from Scripture, you, you correct me if you think I'm wrong, Matt, that they did not tell one part of that story that if you want to get the real feel for what Samson was like, you got to talk about his his failings as a human being. Mm-hmm. Now, you all yeah. do that with your characters. Mm-hmm. We talked about that earlier yeah. today. You make your your, char- your characters three-dimensional. Mm-hmm. You know, you might have done despicable things, but why did you do despicable things? Exactly. You know, we all, have, we all live life, you some of it. us better than others. Just yeah. put it that way. But uh, evidently, you, you were the same way I was. They took that part of his humanity away. It's a it's a tough story to tell, and so I know for us it was probably our most significant story creative challenge of any show we've ever done, and I imagine for Pure Flix that probably held true for them. Uh, it's like you said, you've got a lot of adult content, so yeah. to speak. Um, this is a guy that makes a ton of mistakes. Yeah. It's like left and right, he's, That's an he's messing stuff up, isn't right? It? So we're like, okay, how do we tell that in a very family friendly, wholesome way uh, without sugarcoating? You know, yeah. sin, sin gets you into some spaces, yeah. right? True. So that's true. I, I thought, you know, that Pure Flix did a good job of showing that you can screw up everything, mm. and God can still use you Absolutely. if you're willing to allow Him to use you. Absolutely. And 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 they did a good job of showing that. Yeah, they, they really, really did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was an all right movie. You know, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I just thought there were some things they could have done better. I'm really looking forward to tonight's presentation. Now, Can't wait. you were you were in. I mean, you've been part of this uh, sight and sound in Pennsylvania before mm-hmm. you, you came here, uh, and this opened up ten years ago. Uh, you've helped ferret out the stories that are going to be told. Mm-hmm. What what do you look for? In stories, I mean, I realize yeah. that you all are looking for what God wants yep. to be told. All that right, that's correct. But when I say that, God understands there's things that you got to have in a presentation to keep people's <laughs> keep their attention. Yes. Thankfully, it, yes. Yeah, got to be some action somewhere mm-hmm. in it. There's got to be a protagonist. You got there's got to be an antagonist, mm-hmm. and and. You got to have all that going on so that the person has something vested in the story. Yeah. So how do you guys? I mean, how much action do you want in a in a story versus how much deep theological content do you want in a story? <laughs> That's a good question because we realize you know these are real stories, real people, and we have about two and a half hours to uh, to tell that story. So we can't just do a you know full blown full historical narrative uh we have to say okay what's the message what's the direction of the story that we're sensing we should go uh with samson in this case (laughs) and so we do a a ton of research we start with kind of laying a foundation of research right so 
uh, reading multiple translations of the story, reading uh, commentaries and manuscripts, and uh, just getting a full foundation. And then through that and prayer, we sense a direction to go with the story and say, you know what, I think this is the core message. So in the story of Samson, a good example is, while everybody kind of looks at him as just the screw-up, you know, it's a what-not-to-do story, we looked at it and said, well, there's more than that. There's more depth to this guy than that. And we believe it really is a story about grace. It's really a message, like you said earlier, of God can redeem the ugliest situation, the ugliest mess. He's great at cleaning stuff up much better than we are. So he invites us constantly to come and bring our junk to him. Mm -hmm. And then he helps us clean it up. So uh, you got that, you got all that going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you all sit down as you're, as you're talking about the story and say, okay, so how do we do this Mm. so that it relates to what's going on today in our culture? Mm. We, we really do. I mean, and that's where Samson, um, it's very much a, um, kind of a focus on superheroes right now, right? Oh yeah. I think about every week, Marvel has a new movie coming out, it seems. And so we said, you know what, this is kind of the original superhero uh, in the Bible. This is a guy that did these unbelievable feats. So let's, let's have some fun with that. So this story has, I'd say more action in a sense. It's, it's more of an action film style theatrical production than any we've done before. Uh, this is a guy who was a warrior. He was a wounded warrior, you know? And so we get to show some of those battle scenes in a really fun, creative way. Again, that's family-friendly. You, know, you want to be safe to bring your, your young children as well as uh, grandma and grandpa. So uh, we embrace the full context of that, but we do it in a fun way, a stylized way, I guess you could say. I'm really looking forward tonight to the whole thing of taking on the Philistines with the <laughs> jawbone of an ass. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he killed thousands of people. Exactly. That's, that's a rough dude. Oh, he was. You know, I mean, killed a lion with mm-hmm. his bare hands. But the whole thing of taking on the Philistines the way he did, yeah. and it was just him. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't happen unless God gets it. That's exactly involved, right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and that's what's so interesting about mm. his whole story. Definitely. You know, God had a, a major part. All right. Now, I've talked a little bit about this with my listeners already about here. When you work with sight and sound, mm-hmm. uh, you really are a kind of a family uh, working together. Mm-hmm. And you can start in a lowly position yeah. and end up in a much more higher position. A good example of that is Matt. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is really good. Uh, he started out as a stagehand, mm-hmm. literally pushing yeah. Pieces of that's right. scen- scenery around. Yeah. You're now the CEO of this company. That's correct. That's incredible. <laughs> that's incredible. Do you do you sit back sometimes and just go, how did this happen? Are you kidding me? Probably every day. <laughs> um, no, it's it's very humbling. Um, one one of our favorite scripture verses is that in Corinthians it mentions that God loves to use the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And so we delight in being the foolish things. Um, you look around and it just, we scratch our heads every day. It's like we're in the middle of a field, you know, here in Branson, same thing in Lancaster, middle of a cornfield yep. and presenting these epic Bible stories and people literally are coming from all over the world. I mean, it's, we kind of pinch ourselves, um, back to the starting as a stage technician, our current leadership team has five members. Three of us started as stage technicians. So we're really so the fans. guys that got stuff under their fingernails you got are it. the guys that end up at the top. <laughs> you got it. I mean, we just we love to promote from within because um, you just 
we have so many unique positions. A lot of them are hard to hire for on the outside, you know? So it's like, hey, come in, get a feel and a sense, and you just see where people's gifts take them and where God ordains and moves people around, and it's a lot of fun. So how did you make the move Hmm. from being a (laughs) stagehand to being, I mean, you're the chief operating officer here. Right, right. Well, it happened little bit by little bit, right? So I started, uh, goodness, 23 years ago, I guess, as a stage technician and had opportunities uh, before and after school to do a little bit of everything in the company. Uh, worked in the scene shop for a number of years, uh, became the supervisor of the stage crew for a number of years, and then got asked to be the assistant to our CFO, did that for a number of years, uh, led human resources, led production. And that at that point, then, we had a formal succession plan in place that culminated in 2015 and me sliding into this role all right so tell my listeners what your role does yeah it's i mean you're responsible Mm -hmm. for everything (laughs) under you well in a sense the cool thing is we are passionate about doing this as a team we believe a team-based culture you can accomplish and achieve way more results than in a more typical maybe top-down hierarchical style Um, So we're very much about partnership, right? Playing to each other's strengths. Thankfully for everybody, uh, you don't want to see me on stage acting as Samson. That would be bad. Well, you'd be a perfect example (laughs) of supernatural strength. (laughs) You got that right. (laughs) Yeah, I've never been accused of being physically imposing, that's for sure. (laughs) Definitely. But, um, yeah, really, my my day-to-day responsibility, when you just boil it down to, like, what am I responsible for, I'm really responsible for our what we would call corporate alignment and our mission health. So the alignment, our culture, how we do this together, the way that we do it every day, day in, day out, and then the health of our mission. That's what I'm ultimately responsible for. Okay, now you talked about this group of five people. Mm -hmm. All right. Are the five of you together responsible for the vision of Sight and Sound? I would say yes, in partnership with our board of directors, right, okay. who we're responsible to. They really set that tone to say, hey, this is our heart. This is who we are, right? Well, you got that printed on a wall. Yeah. I mean, I took a picture, and it's, oh, yeah. it's yeah. been up today. Yep. But, uh, I mean, that that is your, your calling, you basically. Got it. But uh, it, it's got to be something that's taught to everybody. Absolutely. Anybody who's new. Yes. I mean, the church I go to, we have what's called connect classes yeah and people come to it and they're taught what we believe and mm. you know what we're trying to do and uh, you know if you want to be part of that then come on we're, yeah. we're happy to have you along i'm assuming that you have kind of the same feeling from what i've watched around here yes now you're exactly right we believe very strongly in the power of oneness right so to be one team to be unified around a singular mission and goal the power of that when you have people who are laying down their differences and coming together to say you know what we're going to do this as one and this is one mission and with one team that's focused on achieving it that is powerful and it's a lot of fun all right we got to come back to matt and finish up our interview with him we've got about 13 minutes till four so when we come back we'll have about nine minutes left with him uh, these interviews go way too fast. I'm sorry, i got a million other questions I could ask before I wrap up. But you're getting a taste of what Sight and Sound is all about, and you get a taste about 
how important quality is to them and what they do being worth your money to spend to come and, and watch and hope that you take something even more back than just entertainment. We'll be back with more here from Sight and Sound in Branson. It's the Dave Ellswick Show, 96.5 FM, The Answer. In Branson, uh, we're uh, two hours into the show. Got a couple more hours uh, to go. Uh, Samson hasn't arrived yet, but he will before the end of the show, as well as the director of this production. He will show up. And I understand both of them uh, took part in the uh, presentation there in uh, the other site for Sight and Sound. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, we uh, we do some crossover between the two locations. So any given year, it might be four to five uh, cast members who would transition between the two. So uh, trading spaces, if you will. So uh, the gentleman you'll get to interview a little bit later uh, played this role in Lancaster, and we were pleased to have him come out to Branson. He's a now, tremendous gentleman. Did I hear you tell him that you thought he was doing a better job here mm-hmm that he did there because he understood the part better you you overheard correctly um just seeing him a little bit in some of the run-throughs this week i could see a just an in uh, how would i say uh, more of a comprehensive understanding maybe the character but him just owning it i mean he just i could tell he bumped it up a notch from where he even was uh, originally in lancaster so i can't wait to see him do the do the whole thing tonight it's gonna be fun for my uh, listeners uh knowledge uh, we got a few moments left here explain to them how this all works between lancaster mm-hmm. and branson mm-hmm. sometimes what you're doing in lancaster right now is what ends up in branson correct a couple of years from now mm-hmm. yeah uh, because from what i understood mm-hmm. uh, when you guys finished with moses the next day they were here breaking that set down mm-hmm. and then it took this is what blew me away man <laughs> it took them a year to disassemble that set. That should give everybody <laughs> a real feel for how elaborate mm-hmm. these shows are. Yeah, we really do need about a year between when a show runs in one location before you want to bring it to the next location. Wow, that's uh, Because it takes about, I mean, it takes a few months just to do the disassembly, and then it takes about 50 semi-trucks to ship it one way. So till you do that and you put it back together, you clean it up, um, it's it's a process. It's and, pretty involved. And Moses was pretty imposing as is because yeah. there were pieces that were, what, 40 foot tall? Yeah, Moses, our tallest, I believe, would have been about 30 feet tall. When we do okay. Noah, we get up to 40 feet. So it really depends on the show. Uh, but we had some of the most complex sets we'd ever done in Moses. And we find a way every show to add a level of complexity in some ways or bump the technology even further. And that's true for Samson. It went to another level. Well, technology keeps getting better. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, for us, and it's that's about, for you guys. Yeah, I mean, we want to tell the story as effectively as possible. So for us, we're constantly looking at what's a more effective way to do it, what technology is out there that allows us to do this at another level. That's a constant push uh, for the team. All right. Final question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'll reserve to come back and ask you another one, but if, <laughs> and if I get more more time. Uh, but we didn't talk about this all that much. I, I've mentioned that the stories that you all do mm-hmm. have a modern feel to them. In that, when you look at this story, for instance, Samson, mm-hmm. you can see it relates to. When Samson was alive mm-hmm. as a judge in Israel, mm-hmm. and what would it be like if this character lived today? 
Yeah. Yeah, because we recognize, you know, nobody's one-dimensional, right? We're all people. We all have hurts and hopes and dreams and fears, like, you know, unique to each of us, but yet common. So we look at these characters and we do our best to make them relatable and accessible to the audience so that you can watch a scene and go, oh, man, I've struggled with that, you know? Yeah. Like, I've wrestled with that. Um, because it's true. We're all human. You know, we're all connected. It doesn't matter what race or background or whatever. Like, at the core, we're people. <laughs> well, at the core, it comes you know? down to there's only, like, eight or nine drivers in our lives, you yeah. know, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we all face decisions every yeah. day. Absolutely. Some people handle them better than others. Yeah, so we think about Samson. This is a guy who got this incredible ability and calling on his life even before he was born. And so then he's growing up and he's wrestling with, do I want to yield to what God's plan is for my life? And that's important. Do I want to do it on my own? Well, we all have to wrestle with that to some extent. God's got something for me. Absolutely. maybe it's not what I want. Right. Or or that's what I think, at least. There's a fear of, well, maybe that's going to mean this or that. So this is a journey seeing Samson run and push against that and this constant push-pull. But thankfully, at the end of the story, finding that beautiful place of surrender to say, wait a second, you want my best for me. And to see him trust the Lord. It takes him a while to get there. Yeah. And it's a rough end of his journey, and yet it's yeah. an incredible freeing end of his journey. So where does Matt want to be here in another 10 years? <laughs> you want to just still be hanging at, at CEO of Sight and Sound, or do you want to be something oh else in Sight and Sound? Oh, my. I, what I want literally is whatever whatever the Lord would have me do, that's what I want to do. If you had asked me, say, in high school, this is what I'd be doing someday, I would have said there is no way. Like that, I can't even imagine that. So his plans and purposes are way beyond what we could dream, imagine, or think, right? So this opportunity, boy, I'm here for a season. I don't know what that season is. Is that mm-hmm. two years or 20? Whatever he wants, I'm game for. Uh, but I tell you what, I do want to be celebrating and championing the next generation of leaders here. So the last thing I want to do is hang on to anything beyond what right. I'm supposed to, you know? You're a very interesting man to talk to, man. <laughs> Thank you. I've Likewise. enjoyed it. I enjoyed I, it. Absolutely. This you has know, been a blessing. Thank again, you. Again, let me tell you again, Vegas. <laughs> I'm telling you, Vegas is where you should go. Okay. Ask the Lord if that's not where you need to go. I'm just hey. got that feeling, brother. We will keep our ears open for All sure. Right. And if he says go, we'll be there. All right, moving to the 4 o'clock hour here at Branson, Sight and Sound, Dave Ellswick Show, and uh, featuring... Uh, sight and sound today here on the show because they had a brand new show getting ready to open i believe it's going to be here for two years now and that's samson and uh, samson is one of those stories in the bible uh, that lends itself to either a stage presentation or a movie presentation because the themes in samson are as relevant today as they were at the time that he was a judge. So I'm looking forward to seeing the uh, uh, presentation tonight. They're going to have the red carpet going on tonight. All the the cast and and crew, I would assume, is coming up in front of the 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 big backdrops, and they've got a lot of food laying around. They're making me hungry. Hey, Matt, you can't eat that yet. You got to wait, buddy. You're supposed to be waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Supposed to be waiting. I'm, I'm, I'm busting you out right now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 
Joining us today is Amanda Brown. She is a show operations manager. She's going to be with us for the next half hour. So stick with me because over the next two hours, you're going to meet some very unique and talented people. And, and, and Amanda, let's just start off with you. A pre-med graduate, a nurse, and somehow you ended up here at Sight and Sound completely away from everything that you trained for. That's right. Absolutely. Uh, I grew up in a small town in Oklahoma, and um, early on I thought uh, that being a doctor was was what was in the cards for me and and what my future held. And um, it's interesting because it ties right into what we're talking about with Samson today, that sometimes we can set off off on our own course and then God still has a different plan for us. But yes, a pre-med degree. I came up uh, to Branson in 1998. Wow. Actually, I grew up uh, coming here on vacation all the time with my family, so Branson was our our go-to place every time we had a free weekend or something. So I came up here in 1998 uh, to go to nursing school up in Springfield Mm -hmm. and uh, walked in the doors of a theater here in town that introduced me really to this uh, world of theater for the first time in my life. I grew up in a very small town in Oklahoma. What was a small, what's a small town? Um, It's Wilburton, Oklahoma, which not many people have heard of. I've not heard of it. About two hours from Tulsa is the closest thing that anyone usually can relate to. you guys were on Tulsa time. That's right, living on Tulsa time. That's That's right. right. Uh, Close to Muskogee to throw another country music song out there for you. So, Um, but yeah, so really grew up with no theater in my background or anything at all. So uh, once I was introduced to that, um, absolutely uh, hooked. I uh, did a lot of theater, uh, several different places here in the Branson area. But once I um, was introduced to Sight and Sound um, when they came to town, uh, for me, it was just the pinnacle of everything I was looking for. Um, passionate about people, passionate about theater, um, but first and foremost, passionate about God. So being able to work somewhere that drew all three of those together for me um, was and has become my dream job. So I've been here um, since 2009 and abs- absolutely love being a part of this company. Okay, so if I'm hearing this correctly, I'm I'm hearing a stage rat from <laughs> high school. Were you a thespian in high school? No. As, as I said, growing up in a small town, uh, we actually didn't even have a theater department. We had a speech club. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, that did a, a straight play a time or two a year, but musical theater was not even uh, something that happened right. at our high school. So I always uh, joke and say when I went to uh, college, one of my first few weekends there, fantastic college, actually in my hometown that I went to, um, but staying in the dorms there, one of the first weekends I called my mom at home and she said, how's everything going? I said, I love it. I said, it's great. I said, you know, there is really this really unique, interesting group of people, and they just walk around together, and <laughs> life's always a song for them. Yeah. 20 years later, I am one of those people. So, yeah, it really wasn't until that time that it began to uh, become a thing for me. Okay, so, I mean, you graduated, right? I pre-med? did. Uh, pre-med with an associate's degree. Okay. <laughs> okay. And, uh, you know, you were thinking about going into the medical field. You were introduced uh, to the whole o- object of of being in, in, in stage, what was it that you wanted to do? Did you want to do your work on the stage or behind the stage? Oh, goodness, Dave. It has always been behind the stage for me. Okay. Um, my, my husband actually performs on the stage, so uh, he gets to step into the spotlight, but um, it's something I've, I've really never had a desire or a passion for. I love to uh, let our amazing cast do that each and every day, but my passion has always been behind the scenes, and here at Sight and Sound and other venues, I've uh, worked a lot of different aspects from uh, lighting to stage management to wardrobe, but never a desire 
never a desire to step out there on that stage. Okay, so now, not yet at least. Not yet. We'll, we'll I mean, see. Saying, you never you know. know what you're called to do. <laughs> That's right. All right. So show operations manager. It sounds like that's going to take in a whole lot of stuff. So tell my listeners about this. What is it that you do? Absolutely. Um, I would say it's a whole lot of stuff and a whole lot of people would be the bigger thing. Um, but I help to lead all of our cast and crew departments here. Um, and so for the Samson show, we have just under 50 cast members. And then when you add in uh, stage management, deck, lighting, audio, wardrobe, and our animal department, which you'll meet some of here shortly, it's just over 100 people that make this show happen each and every day. So on stage and backstage, just over 100 people um, bringing the Bible to life through these epic stories that we tell. So you're wrangling these people. Uh, we wrangle the animals sometimes, sometimes the people, depending on the day. Well, now Matt says that the animals are easier to handle than the actors and actresses. Some days that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on, on which animals we're talking about and maybe, uh, yeah, how, how well we fed everyone that day as well. But, um, but yes, yeah, so a really large team that I get the opportunity to lead. And then uh, they are really helping to oversee, aside from the cast performing on stage, but all the different technical elements going on each and every day. So a lot of uh, epic things happening, state-of-the-art technology that they're working with each and every day, which is really fantastic. So we came out today on the press junket, mm-hmm. and if I'm not mistaken, you were the first person that we met, weren't you? I might have been one of the first you, few. You told us that we had to come upstage. Yes. Because you guys were going to fly some scenery around today. That's right. And for, pe- for people, who, I don't know how many people that were standing on stage understood what you were saying know. you know about we have our own the, dictionary that we need to, to you know, translate you're, you're going to fly curtains and things of that nature i don't know if you've got any scrims or anything <laughs> that you're using right. or whatnot but uh, the last thing you want to do is hit somebody in the head with something like that so you moved this up stage that's right away from all of that you know how difficult is that to keep all of that in order for you i, I bet you you got an assistant who writes all this stuff down because when you think about for instance the cast this this musical theater as well that mean and choreo- choreographed which means sometimes you're working on your dance steps other right. times you're you're taking time to learn the music and other times you're doing you know the vibrato or whatever for it and then you got to if you happen to ride one of the animals you got to let the animal get to know you Absolutely. and you get to know you all that's going to be planned out. Absolutely. Um, we always say that there is just as much of a choreographed show happening backstage as you see on stage in front of that gonna, curtain. I want to tell you what, it won't happen in front of the curtain if it don't happen with you behind the curtain. Absolutely. And I would say with that, it's an amazing team of people that make that happen. Our stage managers, just like a typical theater, are the main ones driving that. Um, but really all 110 people backstage help uh, speak into that and support that um, to really just make sure that we keep everyone really safe, keep our audience safe each and every day. Because um, what we're doing is, is crazy sometimes when we really look around the room and see what we're able to put together. Um, but really just trying to um, keep everything safe and everybody safe each and every day. Lots of moving parts. Absolutely. And we've got set pieces here that actually um, move on their own, if you will, um, without uh, hands physically pushing them. Also, so you've moved into the, uh, the, the, the really close 21st century <laughs> because... The last time I went and saw Phantom of the Opera and the labyrinth scene with the candles right. and, the, and the, the boat and all of that, 
all of that was done by Bluetooth. Right. And so Bluetooth has made its way to sight and sound is what you're telling me. We have basically a local positioning system, which is a lot like a GPS, Uh if you will, that the different set pieces speak to each other. And all of that's That's computer operated. Now, we also always have a hands-on technician right alongside that set piece that's uh, trained and able to take over at a moment's notice. But the set pieces, yes, are also choreographed moving in time. Uh, The Delilah house that you saw today is actually one of those that you'll see move multiple times during the show and spin as well. And then the same thing uh, with our drops. For people that come from more of a uh, standard theater background, you may be used to uh, those guys with a lot of muscles pulling those drops on the side right. of the stage. But all of that's automated here as well. Wow. Um, that's, that's really good. Yeah. And, and a lot of that is just the sheer size of our drops that we use, the timing of them and everything. We're able to get a lot more precise with that um, computer technology. So really now, state of the art with what we're doing to here. about that as we were strolling across this that 26,000 square foot. Yes, playground as what we call it. What, what's proscenium to proscenium for you? How, how far across is that? I know that our main stage is 100 feet across. I'm not sure if that's exactly Gee, with the proscenium, but something close to that. So it's a 300-foot wow. wraparound stage. Or as I said, we call it our playground that we really love to, to get creative that's and have fun field. on. It is. That's true. That is huge. Yes. I mean, I remember in my high school, they built this huge stage, and it was 70 feet across. Yes. And I walked off, and I said, how are we going to fill all of this? Yes. We but, find a way to fill it here. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you got some great, I mean, super uh, sets that you're going to use for this, Thank this you. show. Uh, some of them over 30 foot tall, I understand. That's right. Right at three stories tall, a lot of our set pieces. So, so if you're sitting up in the first 10 rows... You're going to feel dwarfed. You're going to feel dwarfed sitting pretty much anywhere in the theater for these shows. And not only are they 30 feet tall, but with that computerized system that I told you about, they will drive right down to that front edge of the stage where wow. where you wonder if it's going to stop or not. And then uh, a few of my others may have already referenced, but um, especially at the end of the show, uh, don't want to give any spoiler alerts, but for, for any of our guests that have experienced shows here at Sight and Sound, you might... I remember finding yourself in the middle of the interior arc of Noah, mm-hmm. um, having the Red Sea part before you. We've, yeah, we've done some great. pretty epic things. We had a whale fly over your yeah. head. Um, it's going to get bigger and better tonight, yeah, so I'm just wait for it. The end it. of the show with the temple. Um, for, yeah. Yeah. If you if you know the Bible story, you know what's going to happen. All right? <laughs> it's it's the way they pull it off. That's right. That's impressive because I've been told, and I'm 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 looking forward to this. All right, so. We're, we're talking to Amanda Brown. She is the show operations manager. Uh, that means she's going to take care of lighting. She's taking care of costumes and all the rest. When we come back, I'll talk to you about the costumes because I, I learned a lot about the costumes. And I want to know how heavy Samson's big wig is. All right. We'll talk about that when we like come back. Heavy. We'll talk about that here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 19 minutes after 4. Hey, you're going home right now. You got off early. Congratulations. You made it through the week. I hope that you got a great weekend planned for you and your family. Or if you're single, that you got some friends that you get together, have some have some fun times. Looks like we're not going to have a lot of rain. Maybe you can get out and even see a waterfall or two because there's a lot of those going on right now in Arkansas. Quick break, 96.5 FM, The Answer. I got to tell you, I still wish I had told that guy if he wanted to be a bullet magnet 
be my guest, but I wasn't that fast thinking. What can I tell you? Okay, our guest is with us is Amanda Brown. She is the show operations manager, and she's been humble today, not saying how busy she really is because she does a whole lot of things. Notice, uh, okay, let me get the stage management, lighting deck, wardrobe, and her current role as uh, show operations manager. Amanda provides overall leadership and direction for the cast and crew departments. That's right. So that's everybody. Everyone on the show operations end. We still have an amazing guest services team, facilities department, and others here. But the ones actually doing the show each and every day. And and I I have to say and stress that um, I also have uh, supervisors of each of those departments that Uh report to me and help provide that leadership. Um, If it was certainly all on me, there's no way um, that I could do that alone. But it's a great team. I think maybe so. But but it's a great team that really helps to make this happen each day. Uh, We're at 426. So if I got really, really important questions still at hand, I better ask them. That's right. And I do. How heavy is Samson's big hair? That is a great question. And while I can tell you I'm not sure exactly how heavy it is, um, we do everything epic here at Sight and Sound. And we we joke that even with Samson's hair, we keep it epic. His longest length wig is around 60 inches long in the show. Yeah. Um, so about five feet long. And our costume department did have to make a special harness in order for him to even wear that. Wow. And we've had to create special stands. Uh, we have wig heads that most of our, our wigs lay on. Um, there's no normal wig head that will hold up uh, that head of locks. So our shop department has actually helped to create um, larger, larger stands and everything to hold that. But... It's a lot. Uh, the guys have a big workout in the show, and they'd probably tell you. You'll have to ask them in a little bit. But holding up that wig might be one of their biggest workouts. Well, it's can, pretty massive. It, it's big. Just uh, watch for the picture. Yes. You know, we're, we're on Facebook Live right now. So we're using pictures of you and the other people who are, are joining me so that people can get a feel for who we're talking about. And I, when we did the tour, I took a bunch of pictures of the sets That's and great. things of that nature so people could get a feel for that. I want to go back for the la- this, this last piece and, re- and remind people that the area that they build these sets in or reconstruct them from Pennsylvania or tearing them down to send back to Pennsylvania right. or whatever meets the exact measurements of the Ark of Noah. That's right. And... and they didn't realize that as they were building it and just happened to notice they were like 15 feet short. So they went ahead and spent enough money to make it the exact size. That's incredible. Yeah, that's right. And, and you're right. It's one of those things they didn't realize as we were planning it. But um, once they got into that, uh, I think thought, uh, why not? And I think such a cool um, concept because Noah really is um you know, one of our, our major shows and something that audiences are just always so excited to bring back, bring back to stage here. So, yeah, really unique uh, fact from our shop area. Yeah, it, but no, I, I don't want to burst your bubble. It is not made out of gopher wood. <laughs> it is uh, not. I didn't want you to think that they went that far because they didn't. So how many, you said you've been here how many years now? 
I've been here at Sight and Sound about eight years. Eight years. That's right. You don't see yourself ever leaving, do you? Everybody I talk to around here does uh, not ever see themselves leaving. They you know, love it so much. It, just like we've been talking about with the story of Samson, that God sometimes has a plan for our lives that we may not even realize. Um, if he has something else in store, I'm open to that. But I would be happy to, beyond happy, I'd be thrilled to stay here at Sight and Sound uh, for as long as I continue working. It's a well, joy working with this team and doing what we do. Next person we got on is part of the animal training right. team. He performed on stage for 20 years yes, he before did. he took over this job. Before I kind of stole him to my supervisor team. That's right. <laughs> That's, this sight and sound has amazed me today. It's very obvious this is a different kind of business model. This is a God model. It yeah. really is. And that's that's what I would say that every one of us here, um, we love each other, but first and foremost, uh, we love the Lord. We're passionate about the mission that we're pursuing here and bringing the Bible to life um, through who we are and what we do. And we love doing it together and um, pushing that envelope um, for whatever's next that he's got for us. All right. Well, we got my next two guests All showing right. up. Morgan, I was talking to her today. She doesn't like penguins. I don't like <laughs> penguins. And uh, it'd be fun to talk to her. Absolutely. We appreciate you, man. All Thanks right. for coming Thank you over. so much, Dave. Appreciate it. All right. Let's take a break. and We'll get Fox News on here. Then I'll be back. And uh, we're talking animals when we return to the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. Back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Sight and Sound Theater is where we're at. We're doing the show from Branson today because they wouldn't pay for my plane flight to Pennsylvania. But anyway, we're here at Sight and Sound. It's been here now 10 years, a decade, uh, in the Branson area. People love coming here. Uh, I think I heard them say that they have about 80% uh, return business uh, here in Sight and Sound, which means you're doing something right. If you get 80% of the people to come back, you're doing something right. And from talking to everybody I've talked to today, I'm really impressed with the commitment of the people here at Sight and Sound to give you a quality entertainment at a very quality price. And you walk away not only knowing you saw something that entertained you, but something that taught you something about the God who created the universe. But that's really, really important. So let's start off with Ty, because Ty is the oldest guy here. How old are you, Ty? 54. Oh, pfft. I'm still the oldest guy here, <laughs> Just so, you'll, so you'll know. But Ty is the animal, the animal department supervisor at Sight and Sound. If you've ever been to a production here, you know that they use animals in it. Uh, they used a lot of horses during the uh, uh, Moses production, as well as, of course, lambs. Got to figure you're going to have sheep and stuff with the folks in uh, in Moses. Uh, can I go back to Noah real quick? You sure can. Okay. When I was backstage looking at, at things, I didn't see two elephants, okay? Uh-huh. So I'm figuring you'd use animal matronics for those, right? You are correct, sir. We had two animatronic elephants, and they were over on the side stage in a pen, uh, what we call side <laughs> stage right, and they had uh, two, two actors play a scene with them, and they made it look so real that I, had, I once had a patron uh, argue with me, or was she was very committed, I should say, that those elephants walked down center aisle. That's, oh, really? Yes, and she wasn't, she wasn't giving up on that. That's what she saw. She saw those elephants go down center aisle. I said, you're right. <laughs> well, 
who's going to argue with the customer? Yeah. You know, you let them know. Yeah. All right. So you have an interesting story. It's a, it's a story I've heard over and over and over today. And that is you were doing something else. Yes. With sight and sound when you decided whatever it was that you were doing in your case was acting. Yes. That maybe it was time to do something else. Yes. Is that, is that how it worked for you? That is. That is. I'd been with the company since 1996 and been in the cast. Uh, doing lots of shows. I was in Noah. I was Methuselah. Um, oh, when cool. You were around. Yeah. I uh, had a great time, uh, but I began feeling uh, the Lord was moving me in a different direction, and he prepared me a couple of years in advance for that. He, uh, you know, you don't always get advance notice, but sometimes yeah, you that's do. that's true. And so I didn't know quite what that was going to be, but I was preparing for what was next as best I could. Uh, I did kind of feel like it was something in leadership. This opportunity presented itself, and... Um, Lo and behold, uh, they gave me a chance. All right, so to do what you do, you're the supervisor of this. Yes. Which means you talk with people like Morgan, and mm-hmm. I don't know who the gentleman's name was that was out there with you today. That was Phil. Okay. He had the camel. Yes, sir. By the way, great object lesson for me today, mm-hmm. looking at the camel. Mm-hmm. You know, James was called Camel Knees That's because right. he was on his knees praying all the time. That's right. So I got an up-close look at a camel's knees today. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, that's pretty ugly looking. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they are. It's pretty ugly looking. <laughs> but it looks like they've been worn down. There's no doubt about it. Right. So I guess that we can get something out of, out of that. But what sets you up, I mean, for for better terminology, animal husbandry, mm-hmm. uh, to, to be able to teach animals. Had you had some previous experience? I had a little bit. You know, working in the shows for that many years and all of our shows involve animals, uh, they would usually, uh, we would have extra duties that we would do when we weren't on stage. Uh, or we may be working with an animal on stage, you know, in a scene, just like we have them on stage working with animals today in our show, Samson. Uh, there will be uh, actors that will be riding uh, a horse or a couple of the horses. And so uh, I had my opportunity to learn how to ride a horse and, and uh, rode a horse in, in the beginning in 2006. Uh, prior to that, I had also uh, led animals backstage. I'd worked with horses and llamas and donkeys and things of that nature. So, so you just learned as you were going along? Yes, sir. And I'm bo- by no means an expert. But I am a humble servant who will listen and follow directions as best I can. All right. Are you from the Branson area originally? No. I, uh, I, I worked for Sight and Sound in Pennsylvania for years. Uh, before that, I was from, in Mississippi. I've spent some of my early childhood in Texas. And uh, prior to Sight and Sound, I was an actor as well. So I, I, I've seen most of the uh, United States um, by way of working. All right. So you uh, are telling me. That you left the great state of Texas. I know. I love Texas. <laughs> and I'm out from Texas, all right? Yeah. I was born in Gary, Indiana, mm-hmm. raised outside of Chicago, mm-hmm. but I've spent the last 22 years of my my life here in the South, so I love it here. I really, people here are real. I like real people. So Morgan's wondering, is he ever going to ask me a question? <laughs> I'm looking over, and she's sitting there very patient. She right? is patient. Yeah. So did you have another position with Sight and Sound before 
You moved into her animal trainer? I did not, actually. I'm one of the few, I think, that, that hasn't. Yeah. Okay, I think you said that you worked at an aquarium at one time. Is that right? I did. I was an intern at an aquarium working with uh, whales and sea lions and every now and then the penguins. So where at were you uh, working at? I was up at Mystic Aquarium in Connecticut. Okay. Yeah. So you're an Easterner? I Yes. Yes. Okay. I mean, did you grow up in the East? I did. I grew up in Florida. Okay. So how how different has it been to be in the middle of the country and towards the mm-hmm. South? It's a different kind of culture. Um, where I grew up in Florida was very country lifestyle, oh, so okay. it's very similar to out here, You're and I love it. Yes. You're in good shape yeah. as far as that goes. <laughs> so what drew you here to Sight and Sound? Um, I actually came out here for my third and final interview, and um, I really felt God calling me to come out here. And um, listening to God's call is what brought me out here, and I've loved it. Now, you understand that the view is listening to you right now. They think that you're a crazy person. (laughs) Because when the vice president said that he talks with God, Mm -hmm. they said, he talks with God? Why would God talk to him? You know, I mean, they, they, they mocked mm-hmm. Mike Pence about his faith. That probably was the most upset I ever got with that show, because <laughs> typically I look at them as just being a bunch of nincompoops. But, you know, th- hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people watch their show. And to make Christianity sound like you're some kind of numbskull because you have a personal relationship with God, really irritated me. I was the first time that I've ever gotten that really irritated with that whole view. I mean, does that mean everybody here is, you know, mentally deficient in some way? Because I'm telling you what, there's 200 plus people here that believes that God talks to them. You know, I don't, I don't get that part of it. And I'm not trying to be controversial here. I really am not. I just, I've heard, we've heard it from every interview, God told me, God drew me, Holy Spirit talked to me. And I think it's important that everybody understands that Christianity is a personal, relational uh, experience with a risen Savior. You know, and that's really important for people to understand that. Yes. That everybody can have that. If you don't have that right now, you can have that. It's mm-hmm. very easy. It's not mm-hmm. difficult. So you're, uh, you were, you brought out the horse today. Yes. Okay. Do you yes. work? Is, do you work with all the animals, or do you have just a few different animals that you work with? I work with all of them. How tough is the camel? I'm just, he sounded he sounded kind of tough today. He was he was kind of growling at everybody today. He didn't seem like he was in a good mood today. Yeah, the camels are not the easiest, um, but they are fun to work with. What's the, what what's going on with their their knees? Because when they're when they're walking, their rear legs look kind of stiff, and their front legs are very fluid. Is, is that? Is there some reason that that happens that you guys know about? Um, I don't believe there's a specific reason for it, but um, I do know that their feet and their body is designed to very comfortably uh, walk desert sand for them. And so they are very much adapted to just kind of mold around sand. Okay. So I I was checking them out. I I didn't know that a camel had a split lift on top. 
Yes. I did not know that. Is there a reason for that that I've never hmm. read about? I hadn't read about why. I don't know why, but I would, I'm going to assume there was a specific reason why God put that there. Yeah. The same with all of them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can look at their feet and you can see as fat as those feet are mm-hmm. that they can maneuver in shifting sand mm-hmm. the way they do. But I, now I don't know. Look, I don't know why their knees look the way they do. Okay, <laughs> I just know that it was the perfect example, evidently, for James. That's all I know. All right, we got a quarter till five. We're going to come back. We're going to talk further uh, with our. I'm going to call them animal wranglers. Is that the proper? That is that good. the proper term? Great. Okay, we will come back talk with them here on the Dave Ellswick Show on 96.5 FM. The Answer. All right, back with you here at uh, Sight and Sound. Their new production of Samson uh, debuts tonight on the big stage. They're all excited here. I'm excited. It looks like an incredible show. Uh, back in the, uh, the, the wardrobe uh, earlier today, the costuming for this show is outrageously good. And, I, and we, we're going to have Samson on next half hour. And he's going to join us. And I want to know how heavy... That four, uh, five-foot wig is that he wears. Because I heard that they have a special harness to help their neck because it's that heavy. So I'm, I'll be looking forward to, to talking to him about that. There's a lot of other things that we'll talk about as well. But we've got the animal wranglers with us. If you've ever been to any sight and sound uh, performances, and I've been to several, and I've been to the Christmas performance as well, you know, Ty, let me come back to you since you're the supervisor. I asked this of you this afternoon when we had the, the group with us. How, uh, I don't know, maybe I'd ask you and I may have mentioned it to Morgan too. How difficult is it to teach these animals to hit their spot at the right time? Because an animal is an animal. I mean, you know, best way to put it. Yes. He may not want to do it. You know, he may not at a certain time, for whatever reason, who knows, he may not want to hit the spot. So, I mean, how do you teach them to do that? Well, there's going to be lots of repetitions that are going to be involved and lots of positive reinforcement. Uh, We're going to find what treat works best for each individual animal. For example, with the cats, we're going through a number of different cat foods, and we may change it up from time to time to find just the right cat food Uh, that they like for each individual cat and we've got it written down back there and sometimes we work up combinations we will actually make a mixed cocktail if you will of cat foods and uh, little um, treats I don't want to give the name brand out on the air but it is a special little treat and they'll insert those in uh, some dry treats inside of that as well that's interesting so it's just getting them out they do it they get a treat Yes. You do it again, you get another treat. That's it. Now, when when you're performing, do they get a treat then? Oh, yes. Okay, so the treat's always going on. Every time. It's a, it's a trust relationship. It's a positive reward, trust relationship. All right, so now I'm going to turn over to Morgan. Mm-hmm. Morgan, I understand there is a water buffalo in this show. Is, there, is that true? We do not have a water buffalo out okay. here. They do out in Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, so you didn't get to work with the water buffalo. I did not. I just wonder what it's like to work with an animal that's the size of an SUV. We do have a Highlander cow that we used in um, Moses, 
and he is giant with about a seven foot horn span. Wow. Um, and he is the biggest teddy bear you will ever work with. <laughs> That's interesting. I just, uh, I mean, if you're a hunter, which I am, and if I ever went to Africa to go after a water buffalo, they'll tell you they are the most fiercest animals to get down on, on the ground and hunt. That, and they don't forget. So if you're going to shoot them, it, it better be a, a good shot. Because if it's not... They will turn around and charge. And I don't know if I want that many poundage of of buffalo running at me. When we first purchased that water buffalo, because if I'm not mistaken, uh, we actually purchased the water buffalo uh, not too far from here, brought it here first to this location, and Tommy uh, helped um, get that water buffalo halter broken before they then transported it to Pennsylvania. So he was a part. We were a part of the process as well, uh-huh. and so it did take a, a little bit of time and effort there to get that to happen. Do any of the animals, when you're working with them, worry you because you know some of the stuff that they might? I mean, a llama. Ever afraid that they're going to spit at you? After you've been around an animal for a while, you'll get to learn them just like you get to learn people. And and all animals are going to give you clues. They're going to give you signals <laughs> that they're not happy. Something is not making them happy. And if you if you learn to read those animals, you'll know. Okay, this is what's bothering them, and so and act accordingly. No, uh, you you do uh, gain a healthy respect for the ones that uh, could actually do some physical damage toughest animal to work with people you. people, people <laughs> hey i'm gonna tell you what but matt, they're the ones matt with was, the biggest reward right yeah matt was yeah. real you know very straight with me that he said that he thought the animals were much easier to work with than the cast at times <laughs> toughest animal wow you know those cats are quite a challenge Herd and catch, yeah. Uh, it is quite a challenge to <laughs> accomplish that. But what a joy when it happens. Oh, my goodness, what a joy. So, Morgan, how long have you been with Sight and Sound now? Um, one year. One, one year? Well, one congratulations. Year. Yes, thank you. All right, so uh, which of the animals are you been working with the horses for this one? or? Yeah, kind of all of them. Most of my time, though, did go into the cats. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, are the cats playing the foxes? Is that what? Is no, it, no. We have the dogs that are playing the foxes. Okay. The cats are playing the cats. Okay. Yeah. Just for everybody to know, you got to remember it was the foxes and how he set the fields on fire by putting the the flame to the the foxes' tails. So uh, when I think about this show, it's interesting because I got to believe that some of the actors and actresses that may ride the animals or have to deal with the animals, have never dealt with animals like this in their lives. Are you the ones that are responsible for working with those folks as well? I mean, teaching people to ride or, you know, how to handle a horse, you know, and what side of the horse to get on because you try to get on the other side, they won't appreciate it. Right. All of that all of that happens here. It's not like I had the opportunity in college to learn how to ride a horse when I was studying theater. So um, I was actually trained in Pennsylvania on that, on how to ride a horse. Uh, I'm actually going to go back into training, and they're going to start teaching me again, give me some refreshers here in the coming months. So I'm looking forward to that. But, yes, Morgan and Phil and Tommy worked with the, the guys on teaching 
how to ride a horse for this show. Okay, we're down to just a couple of minutes. Okay, so Morgan, mm-hmm. the animals, if you train them over and over and over and over again, they learn their parts. How difficult is it to teach somebody who's never gotten on to a horse that may be scared of getting up on a horse? And animals can sense fear mm-hmm. in a human. Yes. How, how do you work all that out? We just, we take as much time as they need to just be near the animal, just get used to the animal and build their relationship on the ground with the animal. And then when they're comfortable, we'll put them in the saddle and just let them sit there. Just let them get comfortable. And then we just build off of that. And sometimes our most fantastic riders are the ones that have never been on an animal. And are, are nervous about it, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I yeah. mean, that's, I'll never forget the first time that I rode a horse scared the living tar out of me <laughs> and it was a, i don't know how many hands it was but it was looked to me to be the biggest horse i'd ever seen in my lifetime and and getting up i thought that would be fairly easy it's not as easy to do as a lot of people think it is and i wasn't no weakling by a long stretch you know mm-hmm. and getting that momentum going because that's what it's all about getting your momentum going and uh, it took me a while to figure all of that out so how long are you going to stick around, you guys? I mean, are you hoping to, to do other things, or are you looking to just continue to do the, the whole deal with the, with the animals? I'm down to 30 seconds. Oh, I'm around for a long time. All right. How about you, Morgan? Yes, I'm, I'm here for the long haul. I'm looking. You just, both of you just <laughs> seem like you love your jobs. All right, let's take a break. Uh, we'll take Fox News. We'll come back. My thanks to you both for coming on today. Thank you. Thank that's you. A, that's a unique job that you have here at Sight and Sound. The Dave Ellswick Show, 96.5 FM, The Answer. All right, let's get back into our uh, show with folks here at Sight and Sound. This fi- final hour as we get uh, done with our Friday show, it's been a fun Friday. It's been fun talking to all the people that we've uh, had share with us uh, what they're doing with Sight and Sound. And the new production of Samson uh, debuts tonight. I'll be going to it. I'll tell you all about it on Monday on the show. Uh, but uh, if it's like any other Sight and Sound production, it will be uh, meticulously shown and uh, everybody will be at the top of their game they do a great job here they really do it, it, you know what's interesting about this and with this is this isaiah bailey by the way before i go any further he's a little rock arkansas native yes sir i am and it's good and he's playing moses no he's playing samson, samson. <laughs> last show i saw was moses yes, that's my yes, fault yes. That's the but words. uh i'm gonna tell you what uh I'm excited for you. Thank you. I am. I'm so excited myself. This too. looks like a great, great show. It is. It is spectacular. It's a spectacle, um, and I, I'm just excited for people to be able to see it. Um, we've been working really, really hard the last uh, six weeks uh, in rehearsal, and uh, we are just uh, we're just ready for the audience now. Uh, uh-huh. I think that's the final part that we need. Do you want some people that aren't paid to clap for you? I'm just uh, yes. kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Because it's people that you work with every day to come in and watch a lot of mm-hmm. the work that you're putting in. Yes. And they give you, you know, give you a round of 
of applause and standing ovations, and now you want to see what a paying customer is going to feel like. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, well, you guys are going to do great. You're going to break uh, a leg, and you'll you. have a great time. Thank you so um, much. I've been really impressed with all of some of the information that I've been getting. I was talking to Matt today, mm-hmm. and uh, we talked about you specifically because you did this uh, show in Pennsylvania. No, actually, uh, oh. Joel... Okay. Uh, my uh, the other Samson, we're splitting the role. Okay, uh, and Joel actually did the show in uh, Lancaster when it uh, premiered in two thousand. Let's see, what year is this? Sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so I can we can wrap up the show now. Uh, I don't have any more questions. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just I'm just I'm just kidding. But let's talk about acting methodology because it's something that's. The only person I ever talk about that is Daniel Day-Lewis, all right? He's one of the great ones of preparing for a role. Did you, When you learned that you had been cast to play Samson, mm-hmm. did you do a lot of back study on him to try to figure out a better way? I don't have a better way to say it. His motivations, mm-hmm. things of that nature, because this is a really flawed character yes. you're playing. Yes, it is. Um, I Actually, uh, when I... Uh, got the script, um, I was actually doing another show in D.C. Uh, at the Museum of the Bible at the time and uh, hadn't really had much time to really delve into uh, the script um, and character study as I wished. Uh, but a few days before I got here, I really, really, really dug uh, deep into um, the character. And a lot of what we know about Samson uh, is found found in um, in the Bible. And so I you know, read that and uh, went and did some more research and uh, online and found some things and um, it's it's been a wonderful journey uh, thanks to our director Jeff Bender and um, uh, he also wrote the show uh, he's given us a lot of background information already right. in the script and so a lot of what um, I needed to know uh, was in the script but also just other outside of the script I was able to find a lot of um, um, information to, to help me to, to portray this uh, in the most real way. Um, and so I, I hope that it comes off that way. Uh, as, you, as, you, as you got ready, did you look at the culture of the time, the, this downtrodden people, mm-hmm. you know, the Jews? And, yes. you know, you, Samson, mm-hmm. were part of a prophecy. Yes. You're the one that's going to deliver the people. You're like Moses in yes, a sense. Yes, in a sense, yes. And... He didn't really want much to do with it, to be honest. Right, right. Uh, He just wanted to, and you'll see in the show, uh, he talks about it, just wanting to live a simple life. Uh, He didn't want, you know, the the calling... uh, that he had on his life, I wouldn't say he would. He didn't want the calling. I would say he didn't want the pressure uh, of the calling and that which uh, it entails, you know. Um, and and so, yeah, I I, I think, yeah, that's what I'm going to say. Yeah, it's a, well, it's it's a tough part to play. It's a tough. I think it's a tough production to present in kind of a family environment mm-hmm. because Samson was a a drinker and a womanizer mm-hmm. and and that's part of his backstory yeah it's a part of the story and uh, uh what i really love about uh, what we do do here at sight and sound we make sure that we are able to tell the stories in a way that it can reach um kids 
all the way up to, you know, 99. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, we do a wonderful job. Our directors and our producing team do a wonderful job of being able to take parts of the story, um, the, the hit points of the story, and try to tell as much as, of it as we can, uh, but do it where we do it justice, uh, but also tell a lot of, of what's going to happen uh, or what happens in the story. Um, and so I, I, I think we, we do a really, really good job to keep it uh, G-rated, I should say. Well, I, well, I talked to Matt about this, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I went and saw the new movie from Pure Flix, yes, yes. Samson. He saw it as well. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, what did you think? And I could tell by his reaction he, before he said anything that he had some reservations about it like I had reservations mm-hmm, mm-hmm. about it. And I said, well, I'll share with you what I thought. Mm-hmm. I said, they went easy on Samson and Delilah. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, I, I think that too. Did not show the way that they presented Delilah was mm-hmm. she was a love interest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not saying that there wasn't something going on there mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. Uh, with uh, Samson. But from what I can read from Scripture, she didn't have the highest motives going on right. with Samson. Right. And then Samson didn't have the highest motives going on with him. They mm-hmm. were both feeding each other's appetite. Yes. Uh, both in, in our story, you'll see that both we sh- we uh, we show that both people um, share a, a, a common um, um they they have something in common and that's the brokenness and so they see themselves both um as broken people but they find that uh they're they're just alike and so they found someone you know like them and so they cling to each other and so they think you know that it's it's true love and and it's a pure thing and a thing that needs to happen um but in all actuality they're broken people that need to be healed uh-huh. and so they're taking you know that brokenness and you know digging deeper into more brokenness um as we find uh you know in the story with you know Delilah cutting you know his hair and um or you know selling him uh, or getting the money, you know, for his hair and finding yep. out, you know, the secret of his strength. Um, it's... Uh, Spoiler alert. No, uh, I'm just, if you don't know the story of right. Samson, where well, you there you go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Titanic, boat sinks. All yes. Right. <laughs> uh, but yes, um, just two broken people that are really in need of, of, of company like them, but uh, also... Uh, most importantly, in need of God and knowing that that God is for them and, um, you know, that God loves them and he's there with them. Um, but they take the long journey to get there. All right. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of us take a long journey mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. to find what our place is and are we or are we not mm-hmm. going to give up to God, mm-hmm. you know, because he pursues us. Yes. Constantly. Yes. Pers- because he loves us. Yes. So with, with all that said, without giving away uh, the end of the show, mm-hmm. uh, Samson finally does give way. How emotional is that part of the script for you? I oh, mean, you got to get really emotional at the end there. Let me tell you, uh, uh, two weeks ago we were in rehearsal and I was just having uh, just a rough day and just trying to get everything Right, wanting everything to just be perfect, you know, right um, in in rehearsal. And it just, 
there were some pieces that weren't coming together. And uh, at that moment when um, Samson finally surrenders, um, I just, I couldn't even finish the song. I was just bawling throughout the whole, uh, throughout the whole song because that moment just showed me uh, how much I need God in every moment of my life. The good moments, the bad moments, I cannot make it a day without mm-hmm. his grace and without his love. Right. And it hit me so hard in that song. And so I always, um, when I'm singing that song, I always go back to that very moment to remind me that I can't do anything without his grace and I can't do anything uh, without his love. And so that's a constant reminder, uh, you know, going on in my head, especially in that song. It, it, um, uh, it's called What is His Grace? And um, it's, it's a powerful song, powerful song. What's interesting for you here at Sight and Sound is that you're, wherever else you may perform that is not like this, mm-hmm. you're performing a story. Yes. But at Sight and Sound, it's more than just a story. Mm-hmm. You're really trying to impart mm-hmm. God's love to people. Yes. and. By you doing the, the job that you do and, and being able to show, you know, Samson's brokenness and then, then figuring out, you know what, I may be broken, mm-hmm. but God can still use me. Yes. You know, and, and the freedom that comes from that. Yes. I mean, that's more than just performing mm-hmm. a show. Yes. It's, it's uh, ministry. And even uh, outside of sight and sound, whenever I... Um, and performing, you know, at another theater or something, everything that I do, I, I make sure that I am doing my part in expressing the love of Christ, uh, whether it be to my castmates or through my through my storytelling, um, that I, I'm doing it in excellence as the best I can, uh, but also um, knowing who I'm doing it for. And as I'm doing it, you know, unto him, um, it it will draw people to him. And sometimes uh, people get drawn to the gifts and the talents. Uh Um, And I love it when that happens, not just for selfish reasons, but because I can lead them uh, immediately when they want to say, oh, you're so good, you're you're this and that. And I always say, to God be the glory. Uh And I I know sometimes it throws people off, but it is God's glory um, um, that's being revealed. And I, I, I hope being revealed through what I do. Well, it's important for everybody to understand, Samson wasn't Daryl Johnson or Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. He wasn't this humongous right. individual. He's just a normal he was, guy. Yeah, he's a mm-hmm. normal guy, mm-hmm. and the the Lord pull, poured supernatural on him. Yes. So it, it, it wasn't him. Mm-hmm. It was God through him. Yeah, yeah. So, Truly. I mean, the same thing's happening for you now. You're yes. playing Samson. Mm-hmm. But God's using your talents yes. to reach out to people. Yes, yes. And that's my prayer every time before I go on. Father, use me for your glory. Yeah. Anoint me for this journey. Isn't that great? Yes. I mean, that's a great thing. That's got to be a great feeling <laughs> to know that, you know, the Lord has chosen you mm-hmm. to portray and explain to people where mm-hmm. Samson's head was. Yes, yes. Uh, and I'm honored to be uh, in this position uh, to be able to tell this story. I, I truly am. 
All right, let's take a break. Yes, we'll come sir. back. We'll finish up the interview with uh, with Isaac, uh, Bailey, uh, Isaiah Bailey. Pardon me. He is from Little Rock, Arkansas. He's yes, one sir. of us, folks. And he's playing <laughs> Samson here at Sight and Sound. Just for that reason and reason only, you should come see it. We've got a... We got a person that's a you know a little rock in mm-hmm. so with that said let's take a break and then we'll come back and finish up the uh, interview with him samson here on the dave ellswick show back with you on the dave ellswick show isaiah and i are sitting here talking about jewishness of scripture yes. which is really interesting mm-hmm. so you, you got to tell me so with the uh what is it the cats that are playing the foxes or the dogs are playing the foxes? Dogs. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to assume that you didn't really light up uh, their tails and stuff, right? There's not fire on the end of their tails, is there? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's really amazing what Sight and Sound has, has done with their special effects mm-hmm. over the last three years. Yes. I mean, they've yes. stepped up their game, but it's because technology has mm-hmm. stepped up its game. Yes, yes. And our, our, our guys that, that do all of the technology in this show, both here and in Pennsylvania, I, I am amazed all of the time that I get a chance to work with these people who, to me, seem like geniuses. They can come up with this stuff and these, this cool technology, man. It, I am... It blows my mind. It's I'm, so exciting. I'm in, I'm going to be impressed. I know. Oh yes. You know the, the way that the the columns are going to come down. Mm-hmm. I've heard about that, mm-hmm. and so I'm looking forward to it. So with with this show, how difficult is it? From what I understand, mm-hmm. when we get into uh, the summertime, mm-hmm. you all are, are going to be doing like ten performances a week. Mm-hmm. Actually, starting next. Uh, well, the week after next. Really? Yes. Okay. So yes. how do you keep it fresh? Oh, wow. Um, definitely um, maintaining. Um, during our rehearsal period, we get uh, what we call notes. And uh, that's where the director says, okay, let's look at this. Let's try to fix this. And so I have a notebook okay. full of notes. And uh, I, I try to go back and read through my notes to keep it fresh um, throughout the run. And uh, also just um, a cool thing that we do here at Titan Sound, which you probably won't get in a lot of theaters, is that each spoken and um, uh, sung role is covered by three people. Uh, so the role of Samson is covered by three of us. Right. Um, there's uh, Joel and I, and then there's also Jesse. Uh, and Jesse's our understudy. And so Joel and I will be going back and forth um, every other performance. Uh-huh. Um, but then, um, you know, if either of us are not here, Jesse you can uh, come yeah. in. Yeah, that happens. Jesse can come in. And, and all of us are so prepared to tell the story um, that... An audience member wouldn't know, you know, if this person is the primary performer or understudy okay. performer. Um, so I think that's a really, really cool thing that we do here to uh, to also help it to stay fresh. Because when somebody else goes in, it's a different show. It's the same show, but it's a different show because they bring something different to the table. So it keeps you it keeps you on your toes, and it's it, it's a lot of fun uh, to be able to uh, to interact with. Um, other actors that you usually don't interact with. Okay. Mm-hmm. How about uh, personal chemistry? Mm. Is that difficult at times? Um, 
I can say in the beginning uh, of rehearsals when you're trying to find that chemistry, it can yeah. be a little bit challenging. But the more you do it, the more you find uh, that chemistry. So it, it, that, that's why rehearsal is so important and so uh, and so uh, valuable uh, to this process um, because of that chemistry. And uh, something um, that I do uh, as an actor, something I picked up from another actor friend of mine, uh, is that um, I will, you know, try to make time to um, uh, spend time and get to know and make up some backstory and such with other characters that I'm going to interact with so that as we're going, we have this backstory going and we, we know each other and uh, and this is what happened, you know, nest yesterday and this is why I'm feeling like this today and uh, he knows, you know, what we did, you know. 17 years ago when we were you know hanging out that place and so having just those backstories are really really helpful um uh in the process especially with uh keeping it fresh and, and uh keeping that chemistry going all right so i got 60 seconds okay. left with you yes uh the costuming of, of the show looks incredible it's absolutely incredible. i was back there looking at them today <laughs> How heavy is that leather and stuff that you're wearing? The leather. Well, I actually. And how well, hot is it? Well, it's not really hot because my arms are out and I'm wearing shorts. Uh, it only gets hot when I'm really, really moving really quickly. Right. Um, but uh, it's it's not that heavy. It's pretty light, uh, thankfully. The heavy uh, the heavy part is the wig. Uh, yeah. Trying to keep that wig on and making sure it's not going <laughs> to come off. Um, but thankfully, uh, our wonderful costuming and um, uh, wig department they they make everything work well. Isaiah, you make it easy, brother. You're uh, good. Thank you, Dave. You thank you so good. much. Thanks for Isaiah Bailey is playing Samson here at Sight and Sound. They open their presentation tonight. And uh, I'm a little bit proud today. He's from Little Rock, Arkansas. <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you very much thank for coming you. by. I appreciate thank you. you. Yes, thank you. All right, we got Fox News coming up. When we come back, we got the director on. He is a very important cog in all of this. We'll talk to him when Fox News is through. All right, back with your final half hour of our uh, special Friday show here at Sight and Sound. You've heard from the CEO. Uh, you've heard from Samson. You've heard from the animal wranglers. You've heard from people who uh, do all of their work in behind the scenes of a show, uh, building sets and things of that nature. Now you're going to hear from what I say is the mind of the show <laughs> and that's the director because what you see on stage is just a uh, a reaching out from what the director has asked the cast and crew to portray on stage how does it feel to be a director first of all that has you know the proscenium looks to be like a hundred feet across or something i mean it's huge mm -hmm. and you got 300 feet and you stretch all the way around mm -hmm. the uh, the audience. It's got to be kind of intimidating because you got to do things with all of that. Yeah, it's a big canvas, if you want yeah, to put it yeah. that way. There it really go. is. Um, but it's uh, once you sort of warm to the task, and, uh, of course, you know, we have so many incredible employees that work here in so many different disciplines of theater with great experience. So we all get there together, and it's a big job because our sets, as you probably know, Monstrous. are 30, 40 feet high. And, you know, we have a 300-foot wraparound stage, and I don't know how much people have talked about the show specifically, but the scene at the end of the show where the temple collapses. Yes. 
I tell you, that's something to see because there we have all of these huge sets filling that whole proscenium and all the side stages above, around the audience. It's spectacular, Dave. Yeah, they say that you'll feel like it, you're in the middle of it. Yes, yeah. So I'm looking forward. I'm really looking forward to this. Now, from talking uh, with uh, Matt, mm-hmm. I understand that you're the person who came up with the idea of doing Samson on the stage. What was it about this story that grabbed you? Yeah, well, that's, that's such a good question because it, it wasn't our usual process, Dave. Like, we we often, when we pick a show, you know, we uh, the leadership, we get together, we pray about what we want to do next, and we, we sort of discern, and then we, we uh, you know, talk it out, and then we just sort of feel, well, this is the one. Samson was a little bit different because... I, of course, initially saw the production values in a show like oh, this, sure, sure. Uh, knowing that it would be very entertaining if we could if we could do what we do here with that story. But the, the character of Samson is not that typical biblical hero. Yeah, you know? he's not the nice guy. No, he's not. He's got issues, yeah, you know. Issues. And, and so originally when we brought it up, you know, people were hesitant because they said, well, I don't know about that, you know. So, so I went back and I thought, okay, well, let's, let's look at it. And um, I think the turning point for me is when I was looking and I was reading in Hebrews chapter 11. And if you look in there, that chapter is sort of called the Hall of Faith. The Hall of Fame. That's exactly right. And in there is Samson. Yeah. And I thought, well, if he's as bad as everybody says he is, what's he doing in here? (laughs) So I thought, well, let's look a little deeper here. And uh, I just feel like the Lord totally led us into a a great perspective of the story. Um, And I think our, 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 our core message with this, Dave, is that when you see Samson's life and his journey portrayed... And that God still had grace for him. Uh-huh. You look and you say, well, if God had grace for him, he can sure have grace for me. <laughs> I, agree with, I agree with that. That's, that's, it's a great story of redemption. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. You know, I mean, he pays a, a tremendous price. It cost him. Because of his life. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's a story that resonates today. As much as it resonated for him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's a strong story about compromise uh-huh. and the effects of compromise. And, and for those that are wandering, you know, and for those that whose loved ones are wanderers yep. and then have to have to uh, deal with life when the people they love are straying away and they see the consequences that are coming and they love to step in and stop it, but you can't, you know. And so it's such a great story, I think, that really relates to a lot of people today. All right. So how much back uh, background did you do mm-hmm. of Samson, the culture at that time? I mean, the Israelis or the Jews were a downtrodden people under yeah. the Philistines. Yeah. And uh, Samson although he wasn't picking up the whole thing about being a judge until later during the story, Mm -hmm. uh, was part of a prophecy. Mm -hmm. But prophecies don't come true unless the people that the prophecies are about Mm -hmm. take their rightful position in it. So, I mean, how did it... I mean, I'm sure you, you studied all of that. Oh, yeah. Now, how do you take that to your cast? Yeah. So that they can apply it to their character development. Yeah, that's a great question. We, uh, in this particular story, the way we've portrayed it, um, 
we like we've done shows that were very even our sets were very period accurate and costumes were very period accurate and we've done that with this one we took a little bit of license with that because of the sort of superhero nature of Samson. So we, we kind of went with that theme a little bit in the look and the feel of the show. But what we tried to do is stay true to the principles of that day and the, and the, the biblical lessons that were being you know, taught at that time. So the look is a little pushed than realistic and authentic. Uh-huh. Right. It's fun, and you'll see that. But but the, the heart of what's going on, we hope, um, and we definitely tried to make as accurate biblically as we could. Well, it's it had to be tough mm-hmm. because let's face it, uh, Samson's life was not PG thirteen. <laughs> it may have bordered on X in part of it. That was a challenge. It was. That was a challenge because of, you know, we uh, at Sight and Sound, we're a family theater. I know. We want everybody from 2 to 92 or 102 to come. And so we have to obviously craft and create all of our shows to fit that. So we did that with this. And so what we, we just tried to do was still be truthful to the to the text but presented in a way that wouldn't be offensive or in any way prohibit families from coming. All right. Well, I'm yeah. glad. You know, I know that had to be really tough. I, I went and just saw the movie, oh, Samson okay. by Pure Flix. Okay. And you could tell that they struggled with that exact same mm-hmm. uh, area because they show they don't show Samson uh, doing anything untold with anybody. Yeah. It's implied from yeah. his brother looking at him and saying, uh, you're late again. What Philistine girl were you out with last night? Okay. Yeah. So they, it's just one line. Yeah. You know, because I, I told Linda was, after we came out of the movie, I, I said, they went awful easy on Samson and Delilah. <laughs> you know, they were not nice people, man. Yeah. You know, I mean, Samson was at probably the pinnacle. Of, of his hedonism at that time. Mm. Yeah, you know what we tried to do was we tried to make all of our characters three-dimensional. You know, mm-hmm. because none of us are just all one thing or all another. But to your point, Dave, there's seasons in our lives where we're giving over to things more than maybe we would in other seasons. Yeah, you're right. And that's, that's you know, you in, the, in Act 2, you see some of that happening. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it's a, it's really an interesting case study because as I was talking with with Matt about, I said this is a story that has as much relevancy mm-hmm. today yes. as it did then. Absolutely. It's all about choices mm-hmm. and you know, if you drift from God, if if you find that there's a schism between you and God, it sure wasn't on his side. Right. Yeah. So you got to look at what am I doing that's causing the schism. Right. Yep, absolutely. You know, and, and Samson had some problems. Yeah, he Big did. Big problems. Yeah, he right? did. You know, and, uh, uh, you know, lost his eyes because of it, yeah. was mocked and, and spat upon. Mm-hmm. They put him on the wheel. And, you know, it's, it's just, it, it, it is. It's a, it's a, it, does it ever say in Scripture for how long? He was in captivity. 
Um, I don't think it says specifically. Um, there's uh, there's some implications you can draw from it when you start matching different accounts and, right. and research. But I think to your point, um, the the huge turning point for us in the show, the thing that has always just stayed with me from the very beginning is the scripture in Judges 16 where it says that when they found out the secret of his strength, then the Philistines, they, they cut his hair. They gouged his eyes out, they put him in chains, they brought him to prison, and they made him grind the grain. And you think about who he was and how far he fell. Yeah, and he also it doesn't say that they brought the people could come in and 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 watch him and curse him and all kinds they of stuff. They mocked him, yeah. But the greatest thing about that scripture day for me is this, is that as soon as it says and they brought him down there and they put him in prison to grind the grain the very next verse says, but his hair began to grow again. Ah, uh, yeah. To me, that was such a picture of God's grace. Like, here's a guy who had everything, squandered it all, threw it away, and is at rock bottom. And at the moment he's there, God's grace is there to restore right away. Uh-huh. And that was such a picture. To me, he's the prodigal son of the Old Testament. Yeah, oh yeah. There's the father just waiting for him, and he gets to his lowest point where he's finally able to give up and turn it over and say, God, help me. And then God was there to help him. It's a tremendous story. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we've got time to talk about it mm-hmm. because you, the Holy Spirit put that on your heart. Yeah. He really did, because most people will look over Samson and go, eh, I don't know. All right, <laughs> right. So anyway, we're talking to the director uh, for Samson. Uh, it opens tonight here at Sight and Sound. Uh, get your tickets. You're going to need to get them early, because I believe that this, this show is going to sell out. It's not going to take long uh, for word to get around how great uh, this particular show is. I mean, look, we all know how great... You know, Moses was and Noah was, mm. although even Noah had his moments. Yeah. All right. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, I'm just saying that, you know, Moses struck the rock. All right. Twice. <laughs> he shouldn't have done that. But Noah got drunk. Okay? Yeah. There's a lot of things. Not perfect people, right. but great things that God did with imperfect oh, people. Oh, you said it. I love it. Yep. Yeah. We'll be back and we'll talk more after we break this last time here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we're down to about uh, seven minutes left here from Sight & Sound. Before I go any further, let me just say thanks to all the good people from Sight & Sound uh, helping us to set up here and do the show. I hope that you've enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed doing it. And uh, do make time in your busy, busy life to come to Branson this year and see this production. I think you'll be a better person uh, because of it. The director of Samson is sitting with us, Jeff Bender. I was just going over his resume here. And uh, you got your degree in the performing arts out in California. Mm-hmm. You acted professionally in New York and abroad for seven years. You, got a, you went on to earn a Master's of Theology from the Assemblies of God Theological Seminary. And then you came to Sight and Sound as an actor in 98. In 03, you became a member of the producing group and have been actively involved in writing and directing shows such as Ruth, Psalms of David, Voices of Christmas, Joseph, Jonah, Moses, and now Samson. And then you're also involved in 
parachurch uh, ministries and for people on the mission field. And uh, you've been doing that as the director of Sight and Sound uh, Conservatory since its inception in 2012. Dude, you're sold out on this, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, just hearing you read all that, I was like, oh, my gosh, oh, I forgot about all that. <laughs> <laughs> How was it? Uh, evidently, uh, maybe a time that you were in, like you said, a different season, and you were on stage in New York and mm-hmm. in, in other areas. Were you a Christian at that time? I was not, Dave. No, I, uh, I came to the Lord later in life, and... Uh, you know, I, I was involved in theater and in, in the entertainment industry. And, uh, you know, as I was doing that, I, I was having some success, but it, it, my mind was reeling because I thought, well, this should make me happy. Uh, this should fulfill me. And it didn't. Right. And I was kind of a mess personally, too. And I can remember one night I was up late and about 2 a.m. I I literally was in my apartment in New York and I just I said, God, if you're real, help me. You know, and I uh, it was probably a year and a half later when um, I ended up giving my life to Christ uh-huh. through a whole series of events and of course my whole life turned around. Um, I did continue in, in the business for another three years or so, but then I felt the Lord call me out. And uh, so then I thought I was done with, you know, theater and all that. And I, I like you said, I went on to Bible school, then seminary. I thought I'd uh, do some real ministry, yeah. you know. Thought you so, checked all the boxes. Yeah, there, huh? right. But then a, a buddy of mine uh, got into sight and sound as an actor, and he said, you know, you should, you should audition for this. I said, I'm done with theater, man. I'm into ministry now, you know. And... Uh, but I didn't have any options at the moment, so <laughs> I went and I auditioned, and, and uh, I met Glenn Eshelman, the uh-huh. founder uh, of Sight and Sound. And from the moment I met him, it was like uh, we were kindred spirits. I, everything he said, he said, I want to use theater to reach people with the love of Christ because it's so persuasive and it's so powerful in its impact. And I knew already the the impact of theater. And now I knew that like the most important thing we all need is to know the Lord. So when we combined those two, I thought, okay, this is why I went through it all. You know, when you talk about the theater, you got to talk about Francis Schaeffer. Yeah. Because he was a man who understood this 30 years ago. Exactly. And how the church had turned its back upon the performing arts and art in general. Yep. And that was a... We just left a vacuum for Mm -hmm. Satan to play in. Yep. And he has played in it Mm -hmm. to a lot of people's chagrin. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's... I think what you guys are doing is perfection. You guys are listening to what, what God's saying to you. Well, we're trying to do our part, Dave. And, and it's, it's neat how that you brought, bring that up because he was a pioneer in all of that thinking and philosophy. And you can see the fruit and the moving of God in a lot of different areas. You mentioned film companies are producing yep. you know, more Christian films these days. And God's, God's using the arts to, to try and reach out to people. Well, music. I mean, mm-hmm. Christian contemporary music now is bigger than ever. I remember... Randy Stonehill and Michael mm-hmm. Card and Amy Grant and oh, yeah. all the rest that when they were just getting started. I remember when Maranatha 
You know, I was part of the Jesus movement back when oh, it happened. Oh, that's fantastic. So I'm just telling you, it's, uh, we leave out things that we should be using and we could reach more and more people. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly. what it's all about. Yeah, Christ said, hey, i become all things to all people that I might win some. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Jeff, I appreciate you stopping by. Oh, it's this been half great. hour has just flown. It has. It's, it's been a joy to, to get to know you and talk with you. It's been great. Thank so you, So I'm Dave. looking forward to watching Samson tonight and seeing your vision come to life. Great. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you Thanks very so much. much. You have a nice evening. You All bet. right. You Do too. That. All right. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. I'm back with you on Monday. Uh, remember what I always tell you every Friday. God gave you a whole, li- uh, a whole week of life. The least you can do is give him an hour on Sunday. I'll see you on Monday, 2 o'clock, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.